0: so old in the night time, yes. I climb to the window and down to the street. I'm shining like a new dime. The
1: downtown trends of food.
2: We're live.
1: We are.
2: Don't swear.
1: <laughs> okay. You can't
2: swear when we're live. You can't say anything like <laughs> Or like, don't say or definitely don't say...
0: I'm an uptight. <laughs> buster!
1: <laughs> you old horny slut! That's a, that's a big one.
2: Well, no one's going to top that. <laughs> yeah, don't say anything bad. But, uh, you know, PG-13. Right. I've got a list. It features four of the words on uh, George Carlin's list. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're we're doing it live because, uh, you know, schedules uh, get messed up and things get pushed back and back and back. And so uh, we're doing it live.
1: Yeah. Here we are.
2: F it. That's one of those things you can't <laughs> say. Hey, here we go.
1: We're doing it live. <laughs>
2: do it like that.
1: Right, right.
2: Before we get rolling this week, hmm. do you know what Battletoads are?
1: Um, I feel like I've heard of them, but not really no. <laughs>
2: the scourge of GameStop employees everywhere? Oh, yeah. Battletoads oh. is a game that came out on the NES 25 years ago. Wow. 25. Okay. And it was a oh, I was going to say fantastic game. Fantastic idea. Okay. Take a couple of uh, amphibians. Yeah. Mutate them. Wait a minute.
1: Teenage Mutant
2: Ninja Turtles. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, do something like that. And then take a uh, NES game, which is purportedly just your run-of-the-mill side-scroller, and add a little uh, mustard. Put a little put a little funk on it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. It's a um, story about three brothers, I think, who were frogs. I don't know how they became uh, fighting frogs. And it plays with the perspective of the game. There's a lot of cartoon elements that mm-hmm. they took sort of literally And so like you can do a combo and at the end of the combo, your fist becomes like a giant, you know, Popeye fist or something like that. You knock guys out. Um, Things attack you like from outside the screen. Like there's a thing that's first person, but you're the first person of like the robot that's trying to kill you. So you have to control you, but you can see it from his perspective. And then, of course, the tunnel, the tunnel that nobody ever got past. So uh, the third level. So, okay, yeah.
1: um, What was so bad about the tunnel?
2: impossible it was it was designed for like asian teenagers it was designed for you know a level of precision beyond that okay. which an american uh, child could produce okay and i never got anywhere in the game but there was okay. a, some some sort of rumor a while ago about how there was going to be a um, a new version of it or a re-release, and so it became a meme, people calling up GameStop and asking them if they had Battletoads.
0: Okay. And it was like
2: the curse of GameStop employees circa 2008. Well, the curse re- returns, Uh-oh. reverse. The curse returns back because there is an actual new Battletoads game coming out on August 20th. What? But GameStop people won't have to worry about it because it's on Xbox One and PC on Steam.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, interesting. Why are we Why are we hearing about it? Like, and it's coming out in less than a month. Like, have people known about this for a while? Probably. Oh, okay. What
2: What, what are you breaking my balls for?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just doing I'm just, my best. I know. <laughs> um,
2: it was originally developed by Rare, uh, the Battletoads game, of course. Uh okay. Who went on to develop uh, a lot of games? Um probably should say some uh donkey Kong country that's a popular one sure. uh the conquer series GoldenEye, of course okay uh banjo and kazooie and uh, killer too. instinct and mm-hmm. so yeah big 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 dudes in the industry or th- i think they probably got bought by somebody at this point probably and this has been developed uh, in cooperation with them but not actually i don't think by them by oh, a new developer okay. so
1: interesting yeah i wonder if it will have a hard to pass tunnel level <laughs>
2: It's going to have to have something, right?
1: Yeah, but maybe don't make it so insanely hard as the first game.
2: Like if time goes on and things change and Dark Souls, you know, sort of withers as a franchise, but then in 15, 20 years on the Cyberbrain Hollow Matrix mm-hmm. game console, they have a new Dark Souls. Yeah. It's not going to be like a layup, right? Like the whole thing about the game is that it's hard. So there's right. going to have to be something, something, a bonus though, like an extra thing. If you want to get the achievements, then you have to do this insane thing that. Sure.
1: I can see that. Take
2: 18 months of intensive like uh, playing. And, and, and the thing where not just the grip thing, but the thing where the individual fingers are in springs. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those, you know, and then the z- z- You work out your fingers by going. I
1: I think I know what you're talking about. When you're done, you can
2: do the Remo Williams thing when you you know poke a hole in a in a plate with your index finger.
1: Right, right. Um, Like you're breaking a a, a thing of wood in karate, but it's with your finger and not your hand. (laughs) Just
2: just poke the knots. Yeah. (laughs) Poke the knots out of the wood. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's for. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, let's get... It's late. Let's get into it. Uh, We're the Just Enough Trope Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi,
1: I'm Mikan Hana.
2: And we're here to talk all the news that's fit to cast in bumping your microphone. Hopefully, I shouldn't have called it out, I guess. (laughs) Maybe they didn't hear it. Uh, In nerdy entertainment, and that is going to involve a couple stories that we're going to have to get through quickly because we want to talk about our main feature for this week. Yes. Which is, we went searching. So... At some point, I think maybe issue late 30s, early 40s, during the Secret Wars saga, mm. uh, Secret Wars 2, excuse me, excuse me.
1: Eh.
2: Um, spoiler alert, the Beyonder killed the New Mutants. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, he got a mad hair up his ass, curly hair, Jerry curled hair up his ass, mm. that he wanted to like give them power. And wanted, he liked them. He liked their the cut of their jibs mm-hmm. collectively and wanted them to join him, and they refused because, of course... You know, the Why Beyonder is in the process of right. taking over the Earth, and in retaliation, uh, instead of like you know turning their shield into a, a trash can lid or something like that, he'd do with Captain America, he just killed them all. Yeah, <laughs> just well, all died.
0: Okay,
2: <laughs> and uh, it was a weird book. Uh, Bill, Bill Sienkiewicz uh was involved in a lot of the plotting, uh, and so they um, went to the afterlife, and then we kind of dealt with that, mm-hmm. and eventually they came back in the horrible, dumb conclusion of secret Wars two, but that is a story for another day. Mm-hmm. And that would be, it'd be hard to find them. Wouldn't it? If they were dead and in the afterlife.
1: Yeah, I it would.
2: Uh, it'd also be hard to find them if they went to the Asgardian uh, yeah. afterworld or one of the nine realms. Right. Uh, they'd be sort of out of cell uh, range there.
1: Yes. And so it'd be hard
2: be to it. find them if they were on the release calendar Of Disney Studios (laughs) during a 2020 pandemic. And that's where we find ourselves. That is where we find ourselves. And so without any real line on a New Mutants movie, it is true that it has been... uh, slated for an August twenty eighth release date.
1: Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Though. Well,
2: I don't think you'll be seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of uh, teasing uh, before we get into the feature later on, when we talk about the Asgardian Wars storyline involving the New Mutants. Posters in China, specifically in Taiwan, mm-hmm. have been updated with the April, or excuse me, the August twenty eighth release date. Now it says coming soon.
1: Okay. Wow. That tells us nothing
2: so that is uh not good that no. is a dark dark cloud a bad sign bad moon rising
1: yeah uh yeah. for
2: this august 28th release date yeah i don't with, think that's a good sign either with disney already uh basically just saying no mulan no who are mulan no mulan yeah right uh, you're not getting that one mm-hmm. uh tenant has been removed from the calendar for now and so why would we think that the New Mutants would, would make I, it. Unless, is... unless, for contractual reasons, they're willing to show it to empty theaters.
1: Right. I, I heard that, um, so people have been, you know, asking, like, why won't you release this VOD, right? Um, like, New Mutants. And they, they've been kind of dodgy about it, right? No, 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 no.
2: You, you mean the article with Josh uh, Trank? <laughs> no, I wish. Uh, Josh Brown... Starts with a B. Anyway, you look it up and I'll uh, talk about it. Uh, Josh Boone uh, says that, um, you know, they can't because, of course, they're contractually obligated to release it in theaters. And right. so, that, yeah, I mean, I hate articles like that uh-huh. because it's, it tells us what we already know.
1: But then you read it further and... Uh, oh, I never th- do that. Oh, okay. Well, so apparently um, before uh, the, the Disney-Fox merger... Fox and HBO had made a deal that HBO would get to they, – they made a deal and, like, signed it, like, that they would get to, like, show any Fox films on their um, services for X amount of years. So if they couldn't even release it on, like, Disney Plus or do, like, a straight – if they did a VOD, it would have to be on, like, HBO, so they wouldn't get the bulk of the money for, for releasing it for at least two years, I think. Is what the contract is right now.
2: Now do it all again, but imagine you're saying that to Blue Hunt. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I'm
1: saying it to Blue Hunt. Imagine
2: you're saying that to strung out Stranger Things kid. These poor kids. I know they just want to act good in a movie, and instead, imagine Maisie. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go back to bad Netflix films. I'm,
1: I'm sorry, we can't. Because we can't, you can't
2: be in a Marvel movie yet. We can't
1: release this VOD because it wouldn't be out on Disney Plus or, you know, another way. It would be out on HBO something or other like HBO Go or whatever the HBO Max is. So HBO would get the bulk of the money and the not mu- Disney. The new,
2: okay, you didn't have to actually really do it.
1: Oh, okay. It's, uh,
2: <laughs> my co-host, the queen of liter- literality.
1: Yeah, that's me. That's me.
2: Liter- literati, no, no.
1: What would my crown be? What is a liter- literati crown like? Made out of?
2: I think it would be uh, just a tooth. Like, just a tooth? Head. Oh, yeah.
1: okay. Right. Maybe like a bunch of teeth.
2: Or, uh, let's yeah. stop doing this.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Uh, updates on New Mutants, if we ever get them. We'll be talking about the comic book in a little bit, but before then, we're gonna talk the news. <laughs> All right, so let's just start with the RIPs right away.
1: All right. Sucks. Let's do it. Rip yeah. the band-aid off.
2: Yeah, we'll rip it off. Uh, the director, Alan Parker, has died. Alan Parker is a extremely lauded director. He directed Fame. Okay, he sure. He directed Mississippi Burning.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Evita. I'm trying to okay. think
2: of films that you'd know or that general mm-hmm. public would know, but... Uh, very uh very well loved director, very talented at what he does. Wow, uh,
1: Mississippi Burning is very different from the other two. Like extremely different. Yeah, fame's like, Yeah, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do it. Yeah, right. I'm gonna live forever. Right. And then
2: Mississippi Burning, like, let's start with the triple slang. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, and then we'll wow. go from there. Okay. Um great story, uh, by Stephen Tobolowski, uh, that he tells um probably at parties, but also on his podcast, the Um, The Toboloski Files, Mm -hmm. uh, in which he played uh, a Southern Klan leader. um, and Mississippi Burning. mm -hmm, And they had a big scene, uh, you can see it in the movie, uh, where he delivers a speech at a Klan rally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's a great actor. He's not, he dives into the role, right? Um, But not, uh, he doesn't disappear into it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean?
1: I think I know what you mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, like he's, um try trying to think of like a positive example. He is the positive example. Right. Tom Noonan would be the negative yeah, 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 example. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah.
1: I'm I method, don't talk to me. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, right.
2: Yeah. You will address me as the Joker. Yeah. Uh, and so he does this, and the thing about the thing is that, you know, they don't want to pay extras. They're filming this in the South. I'm pretty sure they're in Mississippi, but I don't know, might have another Southern state. And so they put out the call for extras to show up. At this thing.
1: No. And so, no. guess no. who showed up? Bunch of Klansmen.
2: Well, I don't think they were wearing pillowcases, but, you know, uh, it quacks like a duck. <laughs> Qu- hatefully. Uh, and so, he Great. finds himself in a situation where he's literally, you know, they're shooting, but he's like, literally like backstage. Like, he's backstage, you know, at a play, or yeah. he's going to go out and announce something. And he's going to do this Klan speech, and the whole audience is, you know, like... Probably actual clan members.
1: That's horrifying.
2: He's got a lot of balls.
1: Yeah, right.
2: And uh, he's got another story about how he, he was shopping in a grocery store that was held up and uh, the guy put a gun at him and he had to like talk him down.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: But this isn't the Tobolowski Files. Go check that out on your own. <laughs> and another loss to the world of Hollywood this week was, of course, Wilford Brimley.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's a hard. This one. is bad.
2: This is very bad indeed.
1: Yeah, I should
2: have had that uh, drop ready to go.
1: Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, when the when it hits his um um flask instead yeah. of uh, actually hurting <laughs> That's him. That's correct. Yeah.
2: Uh, if people make the diabetes joke, it's, screw you. Skip it. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah. Born go, in go watch Hard Target. Born in Utah, uh, passed away in Utah, and was in a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thing, of course, is my the favorite Thing, film yeah. that he's in. Yeah, great, I think great. It's film. Great, great film. Uh, he's in The Firm. And you don't think that... Okay, now I'm going to do it. <laughs> Diabetes guy would be scary, but he's pretty scary in The Firm. Is he? He plays the heavy.
0: Okay.
2: He's in The Natural. I don't even remember who he was in The Natural because mm-hmm. I don't really like The Natural very okay. much. Uh, yeah, and he was in a, uh, a sitcom, I think it was on NBC, called Our House, uh, where he plays the... Um, Ex- patriarch, grand patriarch of sure. a family yeah. that I'm assuming uses the uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash song as their theme. Probably. And of course, Cocoon.
1: Yes. Ever see Cocoon? I have, yes.
2: Cocoon's on my list for oh, co-videos. Oh, very nice. Never seen it, but uh,
1: I saw, and I didn't really. it. I'll watch this. a Goot film. It's it's fun. I think it's fun. It's a fun film? I think so. Nice. Hume Crone
2: and Jessica Tandy, of yeah. course.
1: Yeah. Uh, you long, know the basic.
2: three Actors.
1: Concept, right?
2: The aliens make old people feel young, or whatever. Yeah, really. I get it.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, but I guess there's a sequel to it, which I didn't realize until I went yeah, to Wilfred Grimley's yep. like IMDb page, and I was like, "Huh. Okay. I haven't seen that." Oh, movie makes
2: you know two hundred, three hundred right. million dollars. I yeah. guess I shouldn't be that. Surprised. Wasn't three hundred million, but right, yeah.
1: right. Exactly. So,
2: uh, they will be missed. It's very sad. Uh, let's move on, as long as we're talking about famous people and giving them a and honor. The Emmy nominations have been announced. Yes. Net- Netflix. Netflix. Big mm. winner here. Yeah. Got 160 nominations.
1: Wow. Yes. That's uh, that's crazy.
2: We So, I don't even watch broadcast TV, so I don't know what I'm complaining about, but... <laughs> I guess, is it all just, like, you know, Seth Meyer in in his study? And what are they showing on TV right now? You can't make TV shows, right? Whereas Netflix has the advantage of, I mean, they have a similar problem, but Mm -hmm. you don't have a schedule so much, so you can bank stuff. And also, you're taking shows from all over the world. So maybe things aren't so bad in some countries. They're making shows.
1: I but think it seems like
2: they were built to survive this.
1: It, it seems like it. I mean, and maybe we'll run into a point. like I don't know how far in advance like some things for Netflix are shot before they go into editing and all yeah. that other stuff. So I don't know at what point they might, you know. Are, are TV shows and movies filming again? Is that happening? Does it depend?
2: It depends. Yeah. Um, they've started some things and then already stopped some things yeah. because of. Right. Uh, the resurgence.
1: So I think, you know, time will tell. I don't. I guess it's really hard to know how long COVID is going to last. Um,
2: well, I don't think that that's your job.
1: No, it's not. But I, I think you know. I, I think we're going to see it more with broad, sooner with broadcast TV than with than with streaming, like well, running a, out of new stuff. Yeah.
2: As a crank personally, uh, it's a good year for me to be mad about stuff because a bunch of shows that I uh, have no interest in watching after having tried them, are Cleaning
1: Up. Oh, okay. Ozark,
2: yeah. which I thought just really lost me you know, about halfway through the first season.
1: I've never even uh, tried. Also
2: Succession, which same same problem. Yeah. Uh, 18 nominations each. Uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel got 20 mm-hmm. nominations. Now, it doesn't say in the articles that I read, but that's got to be some kind of record, right?
1: That's a lot. And yeah.
2: HBO's Watchmen, which we both agree... Um, was probably important, but yeah. didn't need to be called Watchmen. Yeah, Could have yeah, been called yeah. anything. Could have
1: been called something else. 26.
2: 26 nominations. That's
1: insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I know uh, The Mandalorian got a lot, too. Yeah, and it certainly re- did. I can't remember but how But it didn't much, beat
2: but... those shows I mentioned. No. Which is... Which is why I didn't bring them up.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> um,
2: But it's it, yeah. m- it must be a lot of blow the line stuff, because I I look at the, the list of things here. Um. You know, uh, lead actor, lead actress, so on and so forth. Um, t- um, Brosnahan isn't even nominated for lead actress. Or yeah. is it a comedy? Nope, she's not on comedy. Oh, no, she is on comedy. Okay. So, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it's the Emmys during a plague year. So, yeah. uh, let's move on. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keeping it on the TV side, you heard about the Ellen thing, right?
1: um yes unless you want to maybe you want to expound i don't think there's
2: a real story here so i'll just say real quickly that for years rumors have swirled that uh ellen's show uh, was not a great place to work
0: yeah toxic Um, now that
2: this whole thing has happened stars like brad garrett and leah thompson have come out to say oh everybody knows that and you go you know you go to be on the show and you'd see you know page with a black eye and no that's don't comedy parody yeah right but yeah so we all knew it and I feel like this an expose has come out or every year for the last two or three years about this but for some reason BuzzFeed did a thing yeah a week or two ago Mm -hmm. and also solicited um, people on Twitter to say if you've worked on the show or whatever yeah no they got some reason that hit and it hit to the point where Ellen was Forced, and I do mean forced, to record a not apology about how they're looking into it, and the network has announced that they're investigating the show. And a lot of people think this might be the end for the Ellen DeGeneres show. No,
1: you don't think so. It makes way
2: too much money. They didn't like yeah. fire Oprah because of the hamburger thing. Like you know, <laughs> I think she's gonna be fine.
1: Well, right. I yeah. Mm. I I guess the. Hard thing about it, right? Is like, how do you not know about it? Like, I know you're the face of this thing, but like, how do you not hear about it or have right. any no. inkling about and, it? And many
2: of the anecdotes they they are center on her specifically. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a question of like, we let the culture here just get wet. Like you're the source of all of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I I think why it hit now is because I think just um with uh, everything that's happened since um, uh, George Floyd was murdered, I think that um, we're... Mm. What? I I think that society as a whole is like not uh, taking... Uh, Shit. Yeah, exactly. It's we're, a real
2: Peter Finch yeah, situation we're we, finding ourselves we, in. We
1: are cleaning house, yeah. so we are not letting things slide when we get like an expose like this. Yeah, in Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I know. (laughs) I'd like that to move to other cities Uh, in this great uh, nation of ours. I
1: agree. Or
2: in this state. Yeah. Brainerd's got it coming. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you heard about uh, what Peter Shinkoda said. He's an actor from the uh, show Daredevil. Yes. And along the lines of that weird connection you were trying to make between Ellen and George Floyd, uh, of course, Ray Fisher came out swinging Mm -hmm. uh, last week. I don't know what's... What's in the water at these uh, virtual comic cons, but mm-hmm. it's really letting people uh, let fly. And Peter Shinkoda claimed that Jeff Loeb, the head of Marvel TV, yep. uh, made anti-Asian comments during the production of the Netflix series Daredevil, which in its, especially in its third season, um, heavily featured um, Asian characters.
1: Like he, he specifically, he played Nobu.
2: Or is it the second season? They all run together.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, he played he, Nobu, who was yeah.
2: a like a you know badass hand ninja guy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, from what he said, it, it, it's not. It's not good. Uh, apparently, Jeff Loeb said something to like the writers about how like. Yeah, he
2: was cutting Asian storylines. Supposedly. Yeah. yeah like, now I'm thinking back now uh-huh. through Long Halloween, <laughs> Dark Victory. Like th- or or all of his comics, any Asian characters? Mm-hmm. No Asians in Teen Wolf.
1: Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't How know. How did anything. they not
2: get Gennady, uh to uh, what's his name, hmm? sexy girlfriend uh, Long Duck Dong or whatever from uh, Sixteen Candles? Right, he was in every movie as Asian guy with a camera.
1: Yeah, right.
2: They- <laughs> he must have been busy for Teen Wolf, but I don't believe there's any uh, Asian people in Teen Wolf. But of course there isn't because Jeff Loeb wrote it.
1: Yeah, hey, 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 hey. Um, yeah. Uh, it sucks.
2: Okay, it no comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's no, bit... it's... be like Ellen, say no comment.
1: No, I, I just, I don't think that you should. That's not a way to purport yourself, Jeff Loeb, and um... Jeff Loeb's grandpa. Yeah, he's been
2: purporting himself that way for a long time.
1: That doesn't make it okay.
2: No, it doesn't. But I wish that you had talked to him sooner. <laughs> Uh, We were talking about Tenet before, and (laughs) here's the funny thing. Hmm. Uh, Tenet, of course, a Warner Brothers film uh, through Syncope Entertainment, has given up on America. Tenet will release everywhere internationally on August 26th. It will release in select U.S. cities on September 3rd. Now, when the studios move on, remember that waiting game we talked about? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it wasn't just that they were quitting the game, they're just going to go play a different game, and that's, I want China money, please. Money, yeah. China money, please. Yeah, exactly. Put the yuan's right here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what it seems like. Uh, I can't say that I totally blame them, though. Um, I mean, hopefully we get to see this eventually, right?
2: Is that all you have to say? Um, we are live. I know we're alive. We, we can't punch that up later.
1: I... <laughs> I know. Um um, I just yeah, I I, Not that we do that on the show. (laughs) No. How how would we? Um, Oh no, it'd be easy to. Okay. It
2: just suddenly like you hear Scarlett Johansson's voice, you know, she's like, Well, it's a bad situation, but if it's best for the studio, then I suppose they should do it. You know, I played the tenant in tenant. Uh um That's me. That's John David Washington. That's that's me.
1: Oh my God, stop it.
2: Hey, you don't got a comment? That's fine, it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, you like Phantom of the Opera?
1: Uh, yes.
2: He loves you. Uh-oh. I don't believe in the Phantom. He believes in you.
1: What? What is happening? <laughs>
2: it's closing on the West End after 34 years due oh, to no. coronavirus impact.
1: Well, I mean, I'm surprised any show is going well, still, Yeah, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, that's. stinks. I mean, it had a good run. Yeah, let's hope they can go again. once It's weird because uh,
2: you know, uh, I'm sure there's like, I mean, I, there's actors you have to pay, right? There's mm-hmm. all kinds of things. It isn't just you can't just pause a theater and then everything's okay, right? But you can kind of pause a theater and everything's okay, right? As long as they can like, you know, make their lease and and everything, right?
0: Well, and the then the actors all there,
2: the, yeah. the actors all disappear, but. Come on, you could. It's easy to. No, Michael Crawford wasn't like playing the the Phantom, right? Like, you could.
1: No, I don't think so. You could
2: repopulate, recast with a bunch of Lego Willing stars, right? Yeah, and just yeah. fire it back up again. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Wait, like, are they going to dismantle the chandelier or something? Like, literally. <laughs> they... The chandelier was gone. <laughs> they, oh,
2: that's. They took the chandelier down today. <laughs> Actually, they just for fun one last time. They just dropped it. Oh, I know, right, right on the audience.
1: Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> see, uh, I'm, I'm riding the edge. I've never seen the show, so
1: oh, okay. <laughs> but I,
2: you know, I know things. See, they dra- they drained the moat today.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> I-, I grew up like with a soundtrack, and like loved well, we all the s- yeah, yeah. I love the songs. Um, and got the chance to actually see it on Broadway, um, in like the early 2000s, and I gotta say, I was a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you hype it up in your head so much, and like you imagine all the scenes and everything, and it just, it just felt tired. And, oh yeah, like, well, it was a road you know, company. I know, but like it didn't seem like they were really I, um, enjoying it. Or what like... a guy
2: I see Chicago. I like uh, Bob Fosse, mm-hmm. um, and I like Chicago, mm-hmm. and I've seen it like three or four times, and it's it's been. It's not
1: <laughs> I've, I've seen it at least twice i didn't yeah. see like
2: tom wopat you know as right. uh, billy what's his name but right. uh it, yeah it was not and then i saw the movie and i was like oh, okay see i mean look it could be good
1: right right no i agree with you um and Do i don't know if movie? it was like did i catch them on an off night or like or no. they just not enthused no they're, they're just going through the motions. first time i saw
2: lane miz um it was actually that was pretty good uh we were about Three rows from the stage, a gendarme spin on me. It was great, but um the guy that played Mar- Marius Marius, yeah, was watching the conductor like the whole time
0: <laughs> What? that's so weird, yeah, I
2: mean, because he's had to run around and do a lot of stuff, but like every time like he kind of stopped, he'd sort of like glance back, you know to see where they were, which i mean i I presume is something that you would sometimes have to do but he was just it was pretty obvious
1: that's that's kind of distracting as an audience to see to, to notice that yeah huh weird
2: and uh Gavarosh got crushed by the by the rotating set so that was sad
1: what are you serious no of course not
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um i don't think i have any more theater stories except movie theater stories
1: Who well, oh <laughs>
2: So as this thing has uh, unfolded, and th- by thing I mean you know, th- COVID? Tr- COVID and trouble in the film industry, specifically the theater, movie theater industry. Yeah. Universal and AMC have been at each other's throats. Yes. With AMC saying we're not going to show Universal Tons movies. Of trolls? And then Universal's like, "What are you talking about? You have to show movies. Yeah. You don't have to like us, but we're making the thing that you can sell popcorn over.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Well, they finally put aside their f- uh, faults. Their differences differences yeah and have signed a multi-year agreement that will allow the studios films to premiere on vod within three weeks of the theatrical debut
1: really interesting
2: i think this is win-win yeah i mean unless it's a major hit your movie burns out in three weeks anyway right
1: yeah i'm almost surprised that they didn't go like a month i think this is the way forward it might be honestly um, they had a lot of success with uh, with Troll. was well, it trolls. Well, trolls, trolls world is world tour or whatever. Trolls um, was
2: number one at the box office a couple of weeks ago, like when it came out again.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. number one in
2: China. Yeah, they're they're just now getting all the movies
1: <laughs> pre COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I, right. I, you'd mentioned that before. Like they they have like bloodshot in the theaters now too. Um, I I don't think that this is necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and there are people who, like, if given the choice, to, even after the film has been out, if it's still out in theaters, they're going to maybe choose to go see it in the theaters instead of doing VOD, right? Because they want that experience.
2: Well, it, uh, are you talking about kids? Because children don't make their own decisions.
1: Well, that's true.
2: Although it is a fun outing and sometimes you want to get out the house so your kid yeah. can spill an orange soda all over you in row a but right. but um you know I, it's all about like can my kid handle a movie right now
1: it's well been, been a
2: little little crabby today
1: well that's true too. Sh- <laughs>
2: and then you go well just you know, vod
1: these kids well, be stuck to the screen watching yeah. these trolls right there's that too yeah
2: child abuse um <sighs> let's ta- we were talking about race before we want to tackle another race thing oh boy so we were talking about Watchmen and how uh, it's look. I can't. I guess I can't think of any better way than an HBO series based on a comic book to introduce people to the reality of the uh, Tulsa Massacre. You know, of uh, 1922. I'm gonna say, but I might be wrong. In the 20s. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, we're like, oh, I mean, I if there's if if there you can if you could do good by prostituting <laughs> the Watchmen you know, uh, brand. Yeah. Um, DC did not do good when they, uh, made that horrible beyond Watchmen, uh, or before Watchmen series, uh, and uh, inserting them into, uh, current DC continuity characters like Dr. Manhattan. All this is bad. The
1: comics. Was that a comic? Yeah. Okay.
2: But if you can, um, teach people about civil rights, great, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, the umbrella Umbrella Academy is doing the same thing. Uh, in the season, in the second season of their Netflix show, um, in the second series of the comic book, um, it involves the JFK. It involves the assassination of <laughs> I, JFK. Yeah, you've mentioned that. Because the show is going to the 60s, they're taking the opportunity to do a little um, racial content as well. It's uh-huh. not a thing, racial content. Civil uh, rights. Ra-
1: civil rights, Commentary. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
2: will involve, um, you know, it's going to praise and have a tribute to real life civil rights activists, uh, lunch counters, uh, sit-ins, and that sort of thing.
1: Okay. Um, like, is it like naming people or is it just like, events watch it and tell like, me, I don't want to yeah. watch it. <laughs> no, I don't
2: want to watch it either.
1: Um, so, sorry. I, I didn't really like the,
2: well, I didn't either. First season. And the first season was so dumb that I wouldn't want to put sensitive material in their hands.
1: Mm-mm.
2: I was talking to somebody the other day, maybe it was my broadcasting partner, Gooey, Gooey Fame on yeah. our uh, show, backtracking. Mm-hmm. I was hoping it was somebody more famous. <laughs> Sorry, Gooey. Wow. And uh, and I was telling him about the Rosa Parks episode of Doctor Who. Yeah and he was like What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kinda our of well, experience watching why, it. Why would you do that? I know because I was
2: like, no, no, you don't understand. Like they, you know, first of all, they jazzed her up during the day. They said like, you are doing great work, and you know, and Martin Luther King, the Reverend King, said the same thing. Uh-huh. And then later on, they all got stuck on the bus that she was on, so it was full, <laughs> so she wasn't able to sit down in the back or whatever. <laughs> so he's like, wait. So she did what she did because of Doctor Who. I am like, yep.
1: Yeah, that's that, a little that's different. Not great. Yeah,
2: that's a little different than like the doctor saying to George Washington, like, oh, I don't know, this isn't great. Why don't you go over the Delaware over there? You know, and then like, we've got what we've got. Right. That's more removed. So I, I hope the Umbrella Academy <laughs> approaches this with sen- sensitivity.
1: Right. I hope it's like they didn't help start the civil rights. I movement don't know. We, I, yeah, I'm not really. We want about we that. want
2: people. Yeah. Like John Lewis's like memoir slash graphic novel or whatever. Like, let's get that on the screen. Right. You know what I mean, let's but I don't know who writes and directs the Umbrella Academy. I'm afraid to look, but I don't necessarily there's a continuum between um, Selma and uh, Kendall Jenner handing a cop a, a can of Pepsi. You know, oh, know what I mean? God. In terms of uh, protest media. And so I want to <sighs> stay nearer to Selma.
1: I would agree with that. Yes.
2: Moving on. (laughs) Let's talk real quick. Uh, There is a Beyond Good and Evil film coming to Netflix.
1: Okay. I have no idea what this is.
2: That's that's okay. Okay. Clearly, I was pausing. I guess for you to say you didn't know what it was. Uh, It's a 2003 video game. Very popular sort of cult hit uh, about a uh, photojournalist or photographer that lives in a world of anthropomorphic animals and they um, labor under a oppressive regime. Okay. They're going to adapt this into a show, or excuse me, a film on Netflix from the director of direct, uh, Detective Pikachu.
1: Okay. I mean, that wouldn't necessarily be my go-to pick, but okay. And
2: this is all, of course, um, probably to support the upcoming sequel to Beyond Good and Evil.
1: Uh, okay.
2: Only 18 years later... Um, the trailer of which came out two years ago, and we Whoa. ain't seen much since.
1: Oh, weird. So this
2: game might be Vaporware. We don't know.
1: Oh, I hope that's not true. Um, did you ever play it? Yeah. How was it? It's okay. Just okay?
2: I actually think that you should try it, but it's hard to play now, because like, no machine that I own will, will play it. It's going to make it challenging. But it's, you know, it's fairly simplistic gameplay, and then there's an element where you... Um, take pictures of stuff you gotta take pictures of stuff i
1: think i can handle that part
2: yeah um (laughs) and it's fun and it features uh you know like a multiracial female protagonist okay uh, and her best friend's a big pig why not called pidge or something like that okay all right. All
1: right. Uh, sounds intriguing. Running out of gas. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> okay. not. About one or two more stories. Okay.
2: Uh, also at Netflix because Dick Tracy animated series coming in Netflix. They should do that.
1: They should do that. Actually, yeah, I mean, that would be a good idea.
2: I was thinking. I was watching Voyager the other day, and I was thinking Robert Beltran looks like a Dick Tracy villain. Kind of Isn't he? Blockhead. Yeah, there you go. That's one. I know. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's going to be a two season, 16 episode uh, uh, series of Splinter Cell, the video game from Ubisoft. It's going to be written by Derek Kolstad, like the writer okay. of John Wick. It stars Sam Fisher as the operative of Shadow Raven Team, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he okay. sneaks around, but he wears. He wears uh, night vision goggles on his head with three big lenses that glow green in the dark. So maybe this is a bad idea.
1: idea. Um, Who is Sam Fisher? I'm not familiar. The the
2: hero of Splinter Cell.
1: Oh, that's the character's name.
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. I thought that was like the actor playing. You like TikTok? The hero's name. I don't have a strong opinion about TikTok. I think I'm too old for TikTok.
2: The reports of its demise are somewhat exaggerated as the deadline that President Trump set for not hitting your microphone, but also uh, canceling TikTok has come and went. Microsoft was in talks to buy it. So they're probably like, hey, uh, what the I wasn't fast enough. (laughs) what what's going on yeah uh and so nothing's really happened and reports came out today that microsoft has resumed its talks to buy it so just another empty bit of bluster
1: yeah people
2: question how he could do that (laughs) and if that's against the first amendment or not i don't really know but i know that stopping 14 year olds from shaking their asses on the internet is not going to win your party any votes no. in four years.
1: No. No, it's not. You're absolutely right about that. Hey, um, TikTok could be
2: a, a huge campaigning tool in the future.
1: If you, Especially if you love dancing. <laughs> like
2: I see a presidential candidate shake their ass on yeah, TikTok. Yeah, right, right. I'd listen to what they had to say Right. once then, their butt started moving around. They
1: got their own dance. Once the
2: butt yeah, right. is stationary and they go... I like talk about jobs, not Steve Jobs. That would have worked in any other case.
1: Yeah, right. right, I kind of right,
2: blew right. it on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta you gotta keep the kids engaged, right? With the ticks and the talks, with the
1: ticks and the. And tocks. as far
2: as the security thing goes,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's like, oh boy, I, we we gotta get rid of TikTok right now. It's a security risk. There's I read in a Facebook in post.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: And Commander Data knows every single thing about you. Right. The second you start ovulating, suddenly you're getting ads about uh, about uh, you know feminine products. Uh-huh. Again, right. territory I should not have delved into. I need you to do a little work with me uh, I'm
1: sorry, I don't know how to help you. You I don't take know over the way. feminine products bit. Um, I'm not touching that. Um, I. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I mean, I, you and I were talking off the air. Like, like if you want to talk about, like, oh boy, this is gonna so, be good. social media that, like, has way too much information on you, um, Facebook, like, knows way too much and, like, tailors a lot to people.
2: Aren't they going to make it like, do a, a shadow reboot? Didn't we talk about that last week?
1: I can't remember. They're going
2: to reboot the shadow for, like, a podcast, and it's going to be, um, I think, Brian cave on or something like that. Anyway. Uh,
1: okay.
2: Sh- the shadow knows, but... Facebook knows.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Who knows what actionable data points lurk within the data cloud, big data of man? (laughs) Facebook knows. When your mutants get old, you get some new mutants. <laughs> These aren't old mutants.
1: Yeah. Are there old mutants? They're just X-Men.
2: <laughs> well, it's funny because there's a long tradition in the X-Universe yeah. of characters, not exactly aging in real time, but actually yeah. aging. Okay. X-Men starts It's 1963. Mm-hmm. Four? don't
1: you know more than don't,
2: i do Well, no, i don't know this don't at me it's 63 or 64 64 um and there are children right yeah <laughs> they're like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 14 year olds mm-hmm. or 16 year olds um time goes by mm-hmm. uh a, a man named chris claremont uh joins the book yes um he actually joins in 1975 Why do you keep making me do all these dates?
1: I am not doing (laughs) anything, sir.
2: He, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, No, he joins in 1975. He writes until 1971. Long, long time.
1: Wait, 91. Okay.
2: 91. All
1: right.
2: And so he, uh, his very entrance into the book was rebooting the series. X-Men died. X-Men died a death in uh, the late 60s, early 70s. Nobody cared about them, and I don't know why. They were reinvigorated, or reinvigorated, (laughs) by Chris Claremont with Giant Size X-Men, where we introduce a new team of mutants. And the original mutants are older. They have aged. They would later go on to form their own team called X-Factor, where they pretend to be government agents who are looking for mutants to exterminate them, but they're actually trying to help them, it's it's a lot of hats. Is
1: well, it good? Which X-Men wears a hat? Mm.
2: Wolverine does sometimes when he's like sometimes. drinking beer and fishing. Sure. So it's a lot of cowboy hats on a lot of cowboy hats. Yeah. But don't worry about it. But that they could do that because they were adults now. Young adults. In yeah. their 20, early 20s. Right. But still adults. Eventually spoiler alert for the future, the New Mutants will grow up as well. Mm-hmm. And they go off and do other stuff, and we get Generation Next. But the less we talk about that, the better.
1: Oh, oops. Okay.
2: And then recently, and by recently I mean a couple of years ago, they actually got the old band back together, and the New Mutants got back together as adults to kick ass, and I don't know what they were called, but it shouldn't be the New Mutants, should it? <laughs> I should also mention that at uh, by issue 100 of New Mutants, they became... It was a little before that, actually. Uh, they became X-Force,
1: Okay, uh, where
2: they became a more um, wow. action-y, um, serious. Um, they're they're going to use guns and kill people.
1: It's a little hard to keep track of X-Force, X-Factor, you know. Yeah? Yeah, a little bit.
2: Are you cut out for comics?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It's a little hard
2: to keep track of
1: smack you yeah <laughs> yeah it is mister yeah
2: how many how many julie swartz uh, gorilla covers are there i
1: don't know <laughs>
2: well, somebody knows because they're keeping track of it all right comics there's no such thing as a comics historian we are all comics historians mm-hmm. it is a medium that comes out once a year and for the x-men sometimes once a year
1: <laughs> once a week we're both very
2: tired and we're yeah. doing this late at night 12 times a year and in the case of the x-men sometimes 24 times a year
1: Uh
2: and it never stops unless there's some crazy event going on yeah so for the inception of the x-men from 1963-4 there are hundreds of issues i know and if you're a real fan like jay and miles then you know all about them and if you're not a fan you don't
1: I think I'm still this, a fan. This, so... Thank you for coming
2: to my uh, TED talk about gatekeeping.
1: <laughs> yeah, shut up, Mr. Gatekeeper.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, that's. I'm not defending gatekeepers. But when people talk about, like, you know, we've been in the wars. If, you, um, if you're Tom Sizemore's character in uh, Saving Private Ryan, you've got that sack Full of tins mm-hmm. of the different places that you've landed amphibiously because you've been in this war. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're him. You're Tom Sizemore, and also you're you know snoot full of Bolivian marching powder. And if Up and Up and comes in, and he the, he's first deployment, and he's translating you know somebody's uh, letter to his mistress or something like that. You, you look at that guy, and you're like, all right, come on. Like I've I've been doing this,
1: right, you know? right.
2: That's that's what their their the, the the wrongness of their impulse is, to turn that into some kind of like, you know, pissing contest for like, I'm a bigger fan than you. Mm-hmm. The, the truth is, you've just been doing it longer, mm-hmm. and anybody who's been doing something longer is going to know a little more than somebody who just started. Right. And they discourage people from coming in. That's the gatekeeping.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. But I'm just
2: saying, there's a lot to know. And I don't even know that much. You know, we could have somebody come on and just, you know, school the both of us about all the X-Men stuff.
1: I thought you knew a lot about the X-Men, though. I, I
2: do. I, I mean, I read it for a long time. I got yeah. boxes and boxes and boxes of X-Men comics. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the mind is weak.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: I don't remember things so good no more.
1: Okay. All right.
2: Well, for this, we read a trade paperback. Yes. It's called The Asgardian Wars.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the thing about it is that it's not anything that goes together they just for the fun of it they launched uh they had a series of books called x-men and alpha flight yes uh in the in the 80s they did a lot of these um crossovers to kind of spark interest you know amongst the readers of different books x-men and the fantastic four x-men and alpha flight so there's that's a two issue series Uh-huh. And then after that they did a new mutants special edition
0: mm-hmm. fine yeah
2: and then they did And Uncanny X Men Annual. Annual is just a book that comes out every year that is connected to the main series, but you know, it's just annual. Right. And so they basically none of these stories, which affected the characters in the continuity greatly, take place within the normal run of any of these books. They all take place in these side issues. Yeah. So these were very popular because of the writing, because of the great art in them. And mm-hmm. so they were collected into a trade paperback that was just called, titled The Asgardian Wars. I think that right. was already within fandom. They just called it that. And so I
1: mean, it makes sense. Yeah. When you know what it's about. Yeah.
2: So your job, here we go. Oh my God. Is to t- try to, in less than half an hour, tell us what happens in The Asgardian Wars. <laughs>
1: It's over 200 pages! Um. I'm not going to be able to really do it justice. I'm going to. Nobody's asking you to. Okay, well, I'm going to try to make it as to the point as I possibly can.
2: Chris Claremont was born in London. Uh, No, uh, stop it.
1: (laughs) Um. So, it, it it starts out, we don't really know what's happening. Um, That's a great
2: way to start out. I know. We don't know.
1: Um, you haven't told us. <laughs> gosh. Loki. Um, I All I can say is, like, Loki is talking to some... We don't... They're, like, Asgardians. I don't know. And he want something from them but they want something from him and he we're not exactly you sure You know what I was
2: it's 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 competitive and antagonistic and we've you know if you're listening to the show recently we've uh, been competitive and antagonistic uh, trying to up the energy on the show but let's cooperate. Okay. Let's cooperate. Okay. I'm going to guide you through. Okay. And we'll provide commentary as we go. All right. And it'll take 35 minutes. Okay. I think it's interesting that the story Is ostensibly, uh, we picked this because, you know, no New Mutants movie. Right. (laughs) I'm fairly sure, you know, I put money on it not coming out at the end of the month. And also we've already talked about the Demon Bear Saga. You can go back in our backlog. Had a great chat about that a while ago. I think when it was announced that there was going to be a New Mutants movie. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about this because it involves the New Mutants and a lot of the developments in the story are very important for uh, the New Mutants going forward. Yeah. But it starts with X-Men and Alpha Flight. Yes. (laughs) So we're going to do that first. Yes. Um, and I, what I think is, is is fascinating is that, you know, yes, it opens with Loki talking to the ones who sit above in shadow right? who are like the Norse gods gods. Right. right. And somewhere in some Marvel handbook or if we bring that superfan in that we talked about, he can tell us who they are. I don't know.
1: Uh, right. right. <laughs> don't the know. book doesn't bother to tell yeah. you.
2: Not and important. this whole thing takes place in the shadow or in the aftermath of um, what's called the Surtur War, where this happened a couple times, but Surtur gets free and he, um, you know, attacks Asgard and the realms and they have to fight him back. And Odin is um, purportedly dead. Right. And Thor is out of town.
1: Yeah. And Loki wants to take over Asgard. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. And
2: Loki is free to run free. Yep. And so he approaches the ones who sit above and asks them for you know power and the control of asgard mm-hmm. and they say that he has to um he has to do a task uh and we don't really know what that is yes. but we can talk right. about it cuz you know whatever um and it's basically like to provide you know to do something good to do a selfless act in yeah, the world right, right, but not right. just help an old lady across the street it's got to right. be big
1: more significant than that
2: yeah and so he sets about his work there then we cut to uh cyclops aka Scott Summers, right. in an airplane, yes, with his wife, yes, Madeline Ma- Pryor, yeah,
1: you
2: know who Madeline Pryor is?
1: Not really. <laughs> gotta be honest, <laughs> I don't think I've ever. <laughs> Whoa, that evil laugh.
2: There's too much to explain.
1: <laughs> okay, It'd be great
2: to have Jane and Miles on this episode. Uh, Jane Grey has died. Yes, she has sacrificed herself on the moon. She's dead. Mm-hmm. Scott took some time to recover. He eventually um, met a woman named Madeline Pryor, who was a spitting image of Jean Grey, didn't think anything of it, and was like, right. oh, this is where I dropped the drop. Well, that was a freebie. <laughs> She's a pilot, a cargo pilot, and he marries her, and uh, so they are a couple now. Yeah. And so they're transporting these. I'm just doing the recap the, the, that I asked you to they're do. They're like
1: scientists <laughs> are doing an expedition and uh, uh, doesn't Never seen them before. Never going to see them again. In, doesn't in really Alaska. Matter. Yeah. Yeah, and they all have various uh, skills, and um,
2: I got a particular set of skills, eh?
1: Yeah, and um, something happens; they're like blinded by the light, and then we. (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, then we go to a um, the X Men character. We can just
2: talk. We don't have to go scene by scene. We can just talk about what's happening, right? Okay. They are. They're plane crashes, but it's a good plane crash because.
1: I didn't know there was such a
2: thing. They are, they find the fire mountain or the fire, fire fountain.
1: Fire fountain. I was like fire mountain, but yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> Which um. grants them all abilities and makes them like like unto Asgardians themselves. Yeah, um, they all get huge, real swole. Yeah, and they all get powers related to like different aspects of nature or matter or whatever. There's a guy that can make things. There's a plant guy. Yada yada yada,
1: and it, it kind of seems like at least at first. That Do you ever like, find out what Scott does? No, I. He just he doesn't need like his quartz glasses. Wait,
2: yeah, okay, but he gets big though, right? Kind of. Maybe not. And so is not. Maddie big? But he's not big. That's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, I think she is big. Maybe like like Big Bird on, um, uh, Miracle Man, uh, but.
2: Mister Miracle.
1: Mister Miracle, God, dang it, um and
2: get out of here (laughs) never duck in my comic shop again
1: oh whatever um but it seems like at first like it's like taking things that already kind of come natural to them or their natural talents and enhancing them well i don't know why maddie can't
2: just fly then
1: but yeah yeah well maybe not uh, maybe cause we, it's not we, like Madeline Pryor, like was like a healer, but now that she has yeah. the juice, she's a healer. She's got the juice. <laughs> yeah. She set it loose. Um, yeah. So, but like the, um, we see the X-Men. Yeah. And cut to the X-Men and, uh, Rachel.
2: Yes. So explain who Rachel. Is. Okay. Oh will. <laughs> You've seen her before. Yeah. Because we've read Days of Future Past.
1: Yes. And Rachel. Yeah, and she was featured in that. Yeah. And I've read her in other X-Men comics too, so I know she is. Great. Yeah. Isn't she in, like, the. A versus X? The, or, no, the. Uh, when Wolverine is running Xavier's school. Isn't she, like, oh, one of Wolverine the teachers and the there? X-Men? Yeah.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: So what it was called?
2: The Jean Grey School. I think so. It's yeah. the Jean
1: Grey School, yeah. That's
2: right. We read that. Yeah, we did. That was okay.
1: It was all right.
2: It was all right. <laughs> That's all right can't remember who the writer was. No. Was it Jason Aaron?
1: He might
2: have been. Uh, anyway, uh, see, this is... <laughs> look, my 1975 to 1991, for the most part, my memory is rock solid. Mm-hmm. But anything after, oh, let's say 2005, I don't know. <laughs> it all just runs together. because, it, um, And I'm not doing like, a, in my day, the storylines were more deliberate then. There was only yeah. two or three books and one smiling fool was writing all of them. Yeah, I And know. now every, every month, you know, Earth is being destroyed by a, yeah. s- s- a celestial and, and a galactus, you know, wrestling on it or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so we cut to the X-Men. Rachel is the daughter of Scott Summers and Jean Grey.
1: From a different...
2: From the From Days the future? of Future Past timeline, yes. Maybe this future. And we as we see, um, and this is what I love about Chris Claremont, we have both met him mm-hmm. and spoken at length with him. Super nice guy,
1: really nice guy
2: he I know he's got an edge, nobody can we never saw it, but actually no, he did uh he hit me with a snarky thing that I deserved at one point but but also eclipsed in snarkiness by him is John Byrne, and John Byrne, of course, penciled the amazing uh days of future past storyline, and John really wanted to like have things go one way. Uh, Chris Claremont had always intended, I think, t- for the Days of Future Past to disappear, as was intended when they sent Kate Pride back to yeah. stop the murder of Senator Kelly. Right. But money's money, and we got to print comic books. And mm-hmm. so Marvel decided, you know, that, no, that's a separate timeline. So they, they aver- okay. averted that outcome in our timeline, but their timeline continues.
0: Okay. In
2: that timeline, Rachel eventually, well, a lot of stuff happens to Rachel, but... She comes back to our past, Uh something that Claremont would do again with Bishop. He likes doing that. We're going to talk about Claremont tropes a little later. And so now she is stuck, you know, in the X-Men and helping out with the X-Men. But she has this thing where she's basically around, you know, her father all the time.
0: Can't tell him.
2: He doesn't know. No. And both for back to the future reasons and also for emotional reasons. She doesn't want to tell him because she's afraid of what will happen. Right. In the course of this story, this story is the origin of Cable. Because when they find out that Madeline Pryor is pregnant with a boy, she figures, well, that's it. Like, who am I now? I'm just just a flotsam in time. Like, what is this? Right. Well, don't worry, Rachel. There's years of continuity to come. Uh, Cable would go on to lead the New Mutants uh, and X-Force in the future as the son of Scott Summers and Madeline Pryor. But it's, it's more complicated than that. I don't remember what I was explaining. Oh, that's who Rachel is. <laughs> no, but, yeah, that's who,
1: that's who Rachel is.
2: So Rachel's emotions like uh, propel a lot of this. <laughs> oh,
1: boy, do they? Yeah. Well, she doesn't. Um, she's not. I mean, I know she's young, right? And she's got, she's a telepath.
2: She is a telepath, she's a telekinetic She's yeah. a extremely powerful She's
1: very powerful yes. But she doesn't really seem She's not like, I wouldn't call her disciplined Like
2: <laughs> No, I don't think so I wouldn't all. call her that either
1: <laughs> um, But it's like, she, it's not even like Oh, I don't know how to deal with these powers What's going on, you know, I'm trying But I I, I just can't, I can't deal with it yeah. No, she's not But she's not keeping it like in check at all And like Xavier is like way calm more calm with her than you would think that he should be yeah honestly and we've seen him get ticked at people before
2: yeah th- this is um Xavier's been through some stuff at this point obviously he can walk uh I was
1: gonna ask you about that what happened there
2: I believe at this point he was healed by the Shi'ar uh okay maybe that's a little later because he gets his legs broken again awesome uh but anyway yeah but he's um he he's in a good period here um, yeah, And she gets Rachel gets a, a psychic flash, presumably yes. because of her connection to Cyclops. Um, and she sees their plane go down and it's a little tenuous, but the kind of clouds and wet weather effects they see are similar to the weather effects of a guy named Shaman, yeah. who is one of the leaders of Alpha Flight, who are like the Canadian Avengers mixed with the Canadian is X-Men.
1: It, is it Shaman or Shaman? I always thought it was pronounced Shaman. Is it Shaman?
2: Say it how you want. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> as happens, this is... Okay, so let's just talk about it right now. All right. Chris, Chris Killerman has a lot of tropes.
1: Yeah.
2: I, he's, he's my favorite comic book author, he's I think. He's
1: fantastic. Or at
2: least, yeah. like, if there's a classic category, him. Yeah. If there's a modern one, I got to think about it. But Alice Cott would be up there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um. So, yeah, I love him. But there's a lot of things that he does. And look, he's... He he got the job at twenty five, and he carried That's this insane. thing. Yeah, he carried this thing for like seventeen years, right? Mm-hmm. So eighteen years, maybe. So yeah. So I mean, like you know, there's the things that he falls back on. Um, one is a character seeing something and going blah, and then just flying off, you know, to wherever that is. Starting a fight because they got there first. Yeah, yeah. Then the other team, the rest of the team shows up. Yep. Now we're all in a fight, and at some point, yep. somebody goes. Oh stop! <laughs> or somebody gets really badly hurt, and we got to move on from there. Yeah,
1: that happens a lot. Uh,
2: here's something else that happens, and this happened in um the, the, before this fight. uh People be talking about stuff. A lot of characters are discussing their emotions and stuff, and then a character will a, a new character will come into the scene and be leaning against a doorway, and they've had the crap kicked out of them, and they're like, "It was apocalypse or something like that." You yeah, know? the whole like um, noir movie thing where a guy comes in and it's like. Teddy? He's like, oh, I got your package. You know, the, the Maltese Falcon guy comes in. He's yeah. got the Maltese Falcon. Right. But he got shot on the way there. Right. It's like, oh, here's a new development in the story. Right. Yeah. Yes. So both those things happen as the X-Men yes. fly to where uh, Canada, obviously. yeah, And uh, get in a fight Alpha with Flighter. Alpha Flight. Yeah. What did you think of Alpha Flight?
1: Um, I thought they were cool. I mean, uh <sighs> It's this is interesting their... that, like, so, like, Heather, like, doesn't have... She's, like, their leader, but she doesn't really have any power Heather,
2: yes, was the wife of... of Mac. Yeah, who was um, the... I uh, can't remember his name. Guardian, I think, is his name. Uh-huh. He was the nominal leader of Alpha Flight and had been recently killed mm-hmm. um, in in a fight. And this is early for Alpha Flight. They're kind of doing this to, to promote Alpha Flight, really. Because sure. um, Alpha Flight's in, like, the single digits in its book, I think, at this point.
1: Okay. All right, I mean, I always
2: liked Alpha Flight.
1: I thought the I thought they had some interesting characters. Yeah. Um, uh I don't. the The twins were interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like Northstar um, and Aurora, a very different from each other. Um, clearly care about each other. What I, I guess what I you don't actually see them interacting with each other a whole lot.
2: Not in this series, no.
1: Um, and, and maybe it's because they've already kind of had. A, a little bit of a falling out, it seems like, because she's decided she wants to be romantically involved with Sasquatch right. and he doesn't approve of that. But and he doesn't really share his emotions <laughs> that much, right? So he you know, doesn't have a heart to with, hurt. She's
2: messing with Sasquatch and
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Like uh, and Sasquatch is like, here's some beef jerky. No. Um and uh but like instead of like having a heart to heart to her of like saying, I don't you know, he, he tells but he tells he, Heather. Northstar like, I'm, 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 I'm out of here.
2: Northstar is is very impetuous. It's weird. I don't know. He can fly, but he also like runs real fast. I don't know why speedsters have to be jerks because he's <laughs> he's got a real quicksilver thing going on. He does. Plus, he's got a sister. <laughs> yeah, with, true. With powers that Who's basically, twin, right? yeah, that with powers that basically do whatever the story needs them to do. She's got a very wide array of powers. Now, well, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Well, not in this series, but. And I don't exactly know what's going on with the multiple personality thing. I can't remember what's up with that.
1: Yeah. Let's talk it's about weird. North Star. Yeah.
2: Famously, the first, you know, out Marvel character.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. No. This is
2: 1985, right uh-huh. now? Nobody's out. Right. Nobody's out. Right. And, you know. Everybody can rewrite their own history, especially when they wrote all the history for 18 years. Yeah. I think if you ask Claremont, you'll say that he had all kinds of plans for characters. He did make Destiny and Mystique uh, a couple.
0: Uh
2: Uh-huh. But I think it's interesting whether or not he planned it the way that he writes Northstar. Because remember, and when Northstar came out, a lot of fans... Yeah, there were shitty fans back then, too. Mm. Were like, what are you talking about? Northstar is like... He was just crushing tail all over the place. Like he, every time he saw him, he was like getting out of bed, you know. And there's a sexy lady there, and it's like, well, I guess overcompensating is something you do, but also are ignorant of. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that he he almost he has almost has a thing with Rogue care, or at least she's kind of trying to do a thing. And she he's like, yeah, do I, I don't have any time for you. Get out of here. There's all these behaviors that, in retrospect fit perfectly into they
1: they could fit. You're right. him,
2: you know, dealing, trying to figure out his sexuality.
1: That's true. Um, and then him, you know, him just like, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. That is, it is interesting. And you're right. She does kind of reach for him like a couple of different times, but he actually like wants to help her too. like, like at the one point where her, her power, where she absorbs everybody's power when she touches them, has been taken away uh, because of the fire fountain. That's what it's called, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> wow! Uh, and wasn't a Nor- ran out
2: of Norse ran on a Norse word? I guess, right? <laughs> Actually, all the characters are like plant grower and stuff like that. So it's. I think Chris Claremont was like, uh, I don't want to go to the library today. <laughs>
1: But like he's like you need a guinea pig and he like volunteers himself. So it's like I mean he doesn't like hate her as a person or anything like that, but maybe it's just like what you were saying, like maybe he's just trying to figure it out and he's like, This I'm just not feeling this, you know? Yeah. Um
2: and so the big conflict here is that uh Snowbird is um in trouble. She's hurt.
1: She's really
2: hurt. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. Eventually, they stop fighting. They fly farther to the North Pole.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And as they get closer to the North Pole, um, Snowbird is is feeling worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And then later, uh, there's a thing where um, Shaman uh, finds out that um, he has a magical bag. His that's, medicine
1: bag. Yeah, yeah, it's sort
2: of like a bag of holding that's got all this yes. stuff in it. And it gets loose and, like, all these, like, creatures and mystical animals come out of it and, uh, like, attack him. And yeah. so they figure out that something's screwy with magic. Yes. Um, they meet up with, the, uh, with Scott and Jean and their party and they find out that they're these, you know, big-ass guardians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't tell the difference either.
1: I, I know. Uh, Chris Claremont loves
2: redheads. Don't I, know if you knew that. Yeah,
1: I'm getting that. So
2: does Stan Lee. <laughs> wow. Well. Uh, you hit the tack- jackpot, Tiger. Um, <laughs> there's another trope where, well, first of all, there's the trope of like endless like n- emotional navel gazing. So there's just like two heads in a panel, and like the enti- it's all thought balloons of Rachel like, yeah. but If I tell them, but I don't know if like, how could I ever? It's yeah, just, you know, a lot of right. that stuff melodrama. Um, they're like Scott, we thought you died. He's like, I got better. You'll see that in that. Every two issues, somebody's, you know, I thought dead. you died. And then they go, I got better. <laughs> or like somebody saying like, um, oh, you're mine now, body and soul. <laughs> that happens a lot. Uh... But in this, I can't remember what it was, but they sort of rework it. So it's like something else. Because uh, like uh Professor X sees Madeline and she's like, you know, this giantess now. And he's like, you've changed. And she's like, I hope in soul as much as body, professor. And it's like, okay, Chris, you're just working it around a little bit. Oh, That's good. I don't know if we covered all the members of Alpha Flight. It doesn't really matter. But I don't one of my, think we have. One of my favorite members of Alpha Flight is Puck.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah.
2: Puck is a, uh, you know, he's an interesting character. Yes. Um, I, I think that he was designed to be kind of a foil for Wolverine. If Wolverine's short, Puck's like really short. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can see that.
2: Uh, and Puck is uh, has dwarfism. Yeah. yeah. He was uh, like a circus guy and like a wrestler. That's why like he's got that huge cauliflower ear. Oh,
1: okay. That makes Which sense. is the
2: thing that I think they stopped drawing later on, but Paul Smith decides to put it in here. Well,
1: he's kind of wearing like a, a wrestler tunic. He's got a tunic. singlet. Yep. Yeah, yep. a singlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so um, they're trying to figure out what's going on with uh, this crazy thing. Eventually, they find out that, yeah, there is is magic in that old mountain they found. And the problem is, is uh, after sort of looking into it, they, they determine... Well, first of all, Wolverine uh, just goes off on his own, as he often does. Uh, and he finds Snowbird, who's hiding in a cave, like waiting to die. Yep. And he's confronted by some of the Asgardian guys. And he kills a couple of them <laughs> because the Wolverine doesn't know what else. That's what he does.
1: Yeah, I know. And I think right? it's
2: interesting that Madeline is healing everybody of their quote unquote maladies. So she, you know, right. restores Puck to his full height. She, you know, removes his dwarfism or whatever. So and, wait,
1: I have a question. Yeah. Was he like full height at one point in time or? No, he was- just
2: grew up you know with he had dwarfism genetic, that's
1: what I thought so I was dwarfism. like is is it
2: I mean there's nothing wrong with him right but she is
1: dwarfism in this comic book it's treated as and it's talked about disease. as a disease is it a disease well it
2: depends on the medical literature but I yeah. think you know I mean he does say days... he's,
1: in, he's in pain a lot
2: yeah yeah
1: so maybe whatever
2: his yeah so whatever okay he seems pleased to be you know a six feet taller or whatever yeah right Um, Well, they so Wolverine finally makes it back with uh, the body of Snowbird, who's in real, real bad shape. Mm -hmm. And uh, somehow they figure out that giving people these gifts, you know, curing them, means that they lose their soul, maybe? We don't exactly know what the terminology is, but they lose the creative spark.
1: They they lose their creative spark,
2: And the the key, the real key to finding this is that uh, Rachel and, and Kitty who we haven't talked about this entire time, go on their own little side adventure. Mm -hmm. And they find this booklet booklet that belonged to the guy who is now Bridge Layer, or whatever his name is. And in the booklet, he's got all these amazing designs. It's a sketch pad for architectural stuff. And then it turns into like, Houses and doggies and, and stuff like that. And yeah. he's, he's lost his ability to create. It,
1: it looks like a a three-year-old's scribble of crayons. Yeah. You know.
2: And so he realizes, or the everybody realizes that um, to take this gift could mean, you know, um, that Earth would be a paradise, but we would all be dullards, basically.
1: <laughs> right, right. We wouldn't be able to create anything new ever again.
2: Yeah. Um, and I, I like the fact that. We start to split up into factions. There's a yeah. argument of a couple pages where some of the X Men and the Asgardians, of course, are arguing for um,
1: and Alpha Flight the
2: fact that uh, yeah that uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side's arguing that as well, only from a different side that it's important for humans to retain their. Uh, their creativity and this isn't worth it even though shaman and snowbird might die right because they're Um,
1: magic and that it doesn't work with the fire fountain doesn't work with magic for whatever reason because it's another kind of magic
2: yeah and so uh they like get into a fight which Mm -hmm. is not only totally in both of these um uh issues or series. both halves of this we've got heroes fighting
1: Yeah, we do. Which
2: is just, that's comic books, man. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and like, I thought it was interesting that like, you know, the allies are on different sides. Like Colossus is looking at it from a completely utilitarian view. Uh, He comes from Soviet Russia and he's like, this would be for the good of the people. And I'm, and they're like, your, your little sister is magic. Magic. Like she could die. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't know why he's on board, but that's okay.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: It mirrors what would happen later when uh, Colossus decides to betray the X-Men. Uh, and join Magneto because, you know, Magneto was right. Uh, so we've got all that. And they get into a big fight. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: what is Shaman's daughter's name again? I can't remember. I, I can't remember either, but I liked her.
2: Yeah. But her whole oh. her only power is disrupting magic, which is perfect for this story. It
1: is perfect for this story. Yeah. <laughs> because,
2: yeah, they find out when she touches the fire fountain, um, the magic shuts off. Yeah. Eventually, Loki reveals himself, and you think, well, this is not great. Uh, yeah. And he summons a bunch of frost giants uh, I know, right? and that seems real bad. But then they kick the crap out of them, which I thought was like, eh, I mean, it's the X-Men.
1: Yeah. Right. And off
2: a flight together. Right. And we find out that Loki, what his plan is, which is to, of course, give this gift to humanity, which turns out to be kind of a crappy gift. And he tries to force humanity to take the <laughs> gift. And, yep. And we're like, well, that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and then the uh, ones above all are like, all right deals off right and that uh inspires loki's great hatred for the x-men but not alpha flight
1: i know right for some reason it's
2: only the x-men and then the new mutants are gonna have to pay the bill in the next half
1: yes exactly (laughs) what i thought it was interesting too like how the the as guardians and the the shadows they, they they say to loki if you had given the gift you know freely And they had refused it and you had accepted. It'd be the thought that counts. That you refused, they refused it. Then we would have granted you what you wanted.
2: (laughs) I think they're just messing with it at that point. Yeah, maybe. Oh, but you didn't do, you didn't turn around and clap your hands three times. So, (laughs) sorry. The ones who sit above all in shadow says. Yeah, right. Didn't catch on like Simon says.
1: <laughs> Not quite as sketchy. So that
2: all wraps up. Everybody goes back to normal. And everything's pretty great. Except that one guy that Wolverine killed. <laughs> that guy's just dead.
1: I know, right? <laughs> and
2: it wasn't the racist either.
1: I know. There's and one the guy, guy who's
2: like, screw mutants. And that guy's like, oh, I want to live. Let's get out of here, everybody.
1: <laughs> well, and he's like, at the end of it, he's like, even he, his mind hasn't been changed. And I was like, oh, gosh, this guy, I want to punch him in the face, you know, because he's like. Uh, well, I, I still don't like mutants, but I don't want you to die, so come on, let's get out of here. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Okay, great. Uh...
2: Yeah, so then we move on to the second part of this, which is the new mutants issues. Yes. These are penciled by Arthur Adams. Mm-hmm. Oh, the last one, we've mentioned it before, but I'll just go back over it. Paul Smith.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of great artists on the original run of X-Men, but yeah I really love Paul Smith. was instrumental I believe in designing a lot of the looks of the characters in this era, and um, I love his expressions. I love the the fact that he's not scared to. People like praise like a guy like Jim Chung today, and it's like, oh, his faces look the same. Everybody's just looks the same, but Paul Smith is not afraid to go a little. I've never seen Cyclops' nose be this long before.
1: <laughs> but
2: his nickname was Slim. You know, he's supposed to be like a kind of a tall, skinny guy, and so. Uh, yeah, love Paul Smith's work.
1: I I really liked. Um, but if you like boobies,
2: Arthur wow. Adams is here, everybody.
1: Wow. <laughs> I was gonna say I really liked a lot of the the Asgardian like outfits in the yeah in very Kirby esque yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, bright colors color blocks fun yeah apparently the
2: fire fountain like removes your color vision I makes <laughs> <guess>. you <says> colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> this works, right?
1: <laughs> Um, so this story picks
2: up in yeah. a different place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loki is doing what I imagine he does most of the time, which is brooding on a mountaintop.
0: Trying to take over the world. Yes.
2: <laughs> and I love the fact that this kind of starts with him going like, Storm's are a bit of all right. <laughs> is this whole thing just his suppressed desire to like F-Storm? I don't know. <laughs> because the whole he starts this whole thing. He's like, hmm go get me those new mutants
1: Yeah, (laughs) at
2: this point uh, in the X-Men. This is, this takes place a year after uh, the first story uh, storm has lost her powers. And so she is sort of um, acting as a sort of teacher to the new mutants who are vacationing on an Island somewhere
1: in Greece,
2: Greece. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah. And so Loki uh, goes to the enchantress or she goes to him and he says, uh, you owe me a favor. I I brought a six-pack to your party last week. <laughs> so, I, and also, at the end of the last story, he says to her, weirdly, uh, I had to swear, swear an oath that I wouldn't mess with the X-Men. Right. And so, go mess with the X-Men. <laughs>
1: right. If I don't do it, but I send you to yeah. it, then that's okay. Go
2: grab the New Mutants first, because they're with... Um, with Storm, and we'll just mess with them, and we'll see what we can do.
1: I don't think he even tells them to grab the New Mutants. He says, bring me Storm and kill kill the X-Men, and she thinks the New Mutants are the X-Men. Right,
2: because she doesn't read uh, comic books. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so they all get snapped up, uh, essentially, by the Enchantress, who yes. is a very powerful Asgardian. I don't blame them. Uh, and Loki's idea is he's going to groom Storm yep. to be his champion, because Thor's out of town, mm-hmm. and so he's going to try to make her into the new goddess of thunder yes by tempting her with a return of her weather abilities
1: and flying yes and
2: also you know trying to pervert the heroic side of her uh with subtle suggestions and spells to make her think that this is you know best for everybody Mm -hmm. so that's all happening but not really a main plot of this
1: no it's mainly what's going on with the new
2: meanwhile yeah we cut to enchantress's dungeon where the new mutants are all there and, you know, when you kidnap a teleporter, you expect them to teleport away. Yeah. And so immediately, Ily- Ilyana's like, oh, okay, bye, and just creates a stepping disc, that, which is her power, yeah. to get them out of there. But wards and, and spells protect, you know, the borders of Enchantress's Domain, scattering the New Mutants across, uh, well, I was going to say space and time, but just Asgard, or the yeah. Nine Realms. Right. And time. Yes. And uh, that's a pretty good device.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: It's a good, good power to, to have some.
1: It really messes with everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: little story uh, points there. Yeah, um, you're familiar with the New Mutants.
1: Well, I've read the Demon Bear saga. That's about it. So it's um, pretty much the same cast, um, more or less. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any. I I think I like refamiliarized myself with them as I was. Uh, reading this, I think
2: Magma would be the character that you wouldn't be familiar with.
1: Yeah, I didn't know Magma. Um...
2: Magma uh, or Amara, ready? Mm-hmm. Is a princess from uh, Nova Roma, which is a Roman colony in, I believe, the Brazilian rainforest. That's and uh, weird. well, I, I don't know if they got there on their own. I know that like the um, mutant uh, sorceress uh, Selene. Who has been alive for you know since the beginning of human history, mm-hmm. uh, w- ruled there once or, or lived there, and so it's it's like a colony of Rome. It's mm-hmm. like the Japanese soldiers who live on the islands and they don't know the World War II is over. So they just live there and they have a Roman society. And at some point, Amara realizes that she's a mutant and they're found by Cerebro, gets picked up by the X Men, taken to the school for gifted youngsters. And so her ability is to control. She's like Terra from the from the. Titans, basically the other New Mutants. Uh, she can turn into lava. She can, you know, control rocks. Sh- throw, yeah, yeah, throw, throw lava, and yeah, okay. And so she deals. She's the fish out of water. She's the Wonder Woman character. She's like everything's like, oh, this horseless carriage is ooh. right, right, thing. right. <laughs>
1: um, I had to, I had to uh, look up karma to remind myself. Yes, of.
2: Shan Khoi Karma, is yes. a, a Vietnamese uh, refugee, survivor of uh, Vietnam. Yep. Um, comes to the U.S. with her family. And, yeah, she has the ability to control people, like, possess people's minds. Mm-hmm. Or any kind of living thing's mind. Right. Now, as we pick up this story, they yeah. have had a big run-in with Amal Farouk, the Shadow King.
1: Yeah, I had a feeling it was the same Farouk. In yeah. which he
2: had possessed her for years. Okay. So he was, like, running, like, a strip club or something like that. You know, real classy. Uh, and because, you know, he, in his original body, was... It's like uh, the man with two brains, you know? And he uh, <laughs>
0: puts yeah. Gatling
2: Turner's brain in her body. And then yeah. he, he comes out of his coma. And he's like, oh, it's okay. so know, she she's eats,
1: Yeah, right.
2: So, yeah. Um, so uh, Shan is, you know, is is very large. And it's, yeah. I mean, you know, get over it. I don't mean to be insensitive. You went through a horrible experience. But you guys yeah. have like a holographic like weight room where you can just, you know, run from sentinels all day. You know what I mean? Like you're all totally well, I ripped. I think you'd be okay.
1: I wasn't sure like what the circumstances were. Like I didn't know that she'd been like possessed for a really long time. I was yeah. like.
2: He'd just been sucking down baklava for like he He just years. overate
1: when he was in her body yeah. is what happened like extensively. Yeah. Um,
2: Conveniently,
1: uh-huh.
2: unlike all the rest of the uh, the X Men, or excuse me, the New Mutants, did it again. Uh, she is thrown off to some desert, you know, world. I don't know if it's in Asgard or some other realm. And because Amara, or Amara because Ilyana's stepping disks transport people through space and time, mm-hmm. uh, she's thrown like months into the past. And so she's forced to survive not just for herself in this wilderness, but also because she meets a a young girl yeah who was not a young girl but we'll get to that later and um and so over the course of you know it's like the ultimate like slim fit nutrisystem she just has to survive in the wilderness and it gets you know tightens it up again
1: right right which is
2: interesting as i guess if you write that into a character and then you go well we don't want to do that anymore this is a way to
1: to To get out get off
2: of of that yeah just put her on a treadmill i suppose but at the same time, it's like, I have to put so much focus into body image and stuff like that.
1: I know. I know. And that's not the... You know, it's not like
2: Ilyana spends the entire uh, series in a string bikini. It's not like that.
1: She more or less does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then some armor plates as well. But, yeah. Yeah.
2: So everybody has fun. Um, Birdo mm-hmm. gets... <laughs> well, no. It's, some it's...
1: people enjoy their experience it's a euphemism. more than others. Yeah. yeah.
2: Berto gets, uh, actually, Berto gets it best. We'll get, do him last. Uh, Doug gets transported to a, um, a, uh, a hall. There's a lot of halls in this, yeah. Mead Halls, uh, where, Somewhere in Asgard. you know, Doug has a guy who has no physical powers, is immediately looked down upon by the Asgardians, and they make him like a slave boy, basically not fun for him. Warlock gets sent to hell. But I like the fact that he's immediately he's confronted by Hella, and she's like, "What are you doing in my realm?" And he's like, "Getting out of here." Yeah, (laughs) I know. Takes off. She's like, "That was weird." Uh,
1: And he like eats a dragon or whatever. Yeah, well,
2: that's how Warlock feeds. Yeah, Uh, right. It's it's rough, and I like the fact that he's like, "Well, they told me not to just eat anything." Especially uh,
1: something this big, you know, because you
2: know? I, you know, I don't want to eat like the mate or something like that. But right. yeah, He just eats this dragon. And I was like, who ate my dragon?
1: Yeah. It, it, which is not. Get here. I was like, a, you I'm get out of here. That. Yeah, I know.
2: Right. <laughs> Sam ends up uh, in uh, Dwarfenheim. <laughs> I remember what it's called. Yeah. Uh, and he saves uh, a Dwarven woman from uh, trolls or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the family, uh, he's wounded. The family uh, takes uh, pity on him. And it turns out to be Etri, which is a. Um, I think a, it's big in the Marvel Universe. I think it's a mythological character as well, of um, the, the Forge, Forge Man.
1: Is that the guy that um, Dinklage played in the movies? Or yeah, it is, he, isn't it? Is, is yeah. that his name? That's who it okay. is. Okay, yeah. all right.
2: Good, good, good call. All right, cool. And I can't remember if I'm forgetting anybody. Oh, and then Birdo. Uh Birdo gets. What happens to Amara? Oh, she ends up. Oh, she yeah, her. She. she the no, man. She gets it worst of all. She ends up in. Fatalheim, and uh immediately because she doesn't know western legends is like sure i'll eat all this food you're giving me
1: i know i was like you never eat food from fairies
2: transformed into a yeah you've read a a lot of holly black books i have uh oh and then of course rain
1: yeah
2: rain gets thrown out in the middle of nowhere and she runs into a sexy wolf dude
1: yeah i know (laughs) which is kind of fun and sweet right oh and then
2: danny yeah we got them all eventually Danny gets thrown out in the middle of nowhere. Some planes that remind her of, uh, you know, the planes that her people uh, once uh, traveled. Yes. Uh, d- uh, she's a Native American Cheyenne. And she frees a uh, pegasi, or I guess it's not more than one, a pegasus. Yes. From a trap, uh, bonding them. She learns that the pegasus is called Bright Wind. Mm-hmm. And then a nice lady offers to, hey, come join our horse club. And she's like, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah. And then Birdo. And then Berto. Berto's, All of Berto's dreams come true. He gets sent to a meat hall. He's challenged like Doug, but because he's Sunspot, he beats the crap out of everybody. And all the sexy ladies love Berto.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, like, oh. I'm surprised
2: they didn't have to drag him out of there at the end.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: And so they all kind of go through their own little stories, which is cool.
1: Oh, we forgot to talk about magic,
2: though. Oh, yeah. Well, magic is just, you know, stays- the enchantress. Yeah, uh, takes an interest in her, of course, Mm -hmm. and um, binds her up in her her dungeon. Uh, Later on, she, this is always a problem, she draws out the evil side of magic. The thing about magic is magic is is technically younger than all the other mutants. Um, From our reckoning, she was a baby, basically, when um, I think her mutant powers manifested and she... um, That's
1: insane.
2: uh, Went to hell. Mm -hmm. Limbo. Yeah, yeah. uh, And basically grew up in hell. Mm -hmm. So that's why she's so... Um hard and that's why she's you know so mean and sort of because she was raised by demons, basically, and then she right. eventually escaped back to earth as a teenage girl with um crazy magical abilities, and um her soul was tainted so that her uh, dark side, the dark child mm-hmm. um, comes out sometimes and um Enchantress draws it out and basically gives it physical form as like sort of a talpa. Uh, with the added thing that and uh, sets it about to uh, capture the other New Mutants, yep. and uh, when it suffers wounds, it, it they're transferred to um, to, to Ileana. Yeah. yeah,
1: bad yeah. news. That is really bad news.
2: So there's a lot of cool runners in this. Um, I especially like the one where Amara is um, basically like you know she can't ever go home. She is a Fey creature now, mm-hmm. and, and subject to all the weaknesses that they possess you know part of Loki's thing is that he's trying to forge a new hammer for Storm to wield as the goddess of thunder and they have to Etri makes it because he's kind of obligated but he's going to help him with this plan to to subvert Loki and it has to be encased in cold iron for them to uh, transport it and even the Uru is cut with iron so Mm -hmm. she has to go along but she's like I I don't want to touch it you know it's it's deadly to me because it's cold iron and so we have to be careful of that
1: yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. I'm... But what if you're
2: blasting? You're invulnerable.
1: Well. When you're blasted, <laughs> Yeah, I know, right?
2: <laughs> Did you like that Etri? Hey, Etri, inventor, forge. He's got a fire extinguisher, like a,
1: <laughs> I know. Like a medieval fire extinguisher. It was extinguisher. like an Asgard fire <laughs> yeah. extinguisher with, like, swirly designs on it. I yeah. was like, wow. I thought that was cool. I thought it was fun, too. <laughs> Did you notice... Did you see that the meat hall that Doug went to, the guy who was in charge there, it was like his outfit. It was like an Asgardian version, but it was like a wink to like Popeye. Was it? It was like a wink to like Popeye's outfit, but it was like Asgardian. And then I was like, is that what they're doing? I think that's what they're doing. And then I looked at it and I was like, I think that's what they're doing. And then like we when we go back there later. The guy who like trips Doug, he like talks to some lady like watch this, and he's about to trip him. The lady he talks to, she looks like Olive. Oil.
2: Really? Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: So, so they were doing a thing. Yeah. I was like, oh my god.
2: <laughs> that's cool. I mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't see that.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: well, when you've got one sulky teen, that's fine. When you got a team full of sulky teens. <laughs> He had a lot of internal dialogue. Yeah. And then, of course, Rain Sinclair is the queen of internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll do this in the film, but she's got it rough because kind of like Nightcrawler, who was in the last book and we didn't even talk about. I love Nightcrawler.
1: I love Nightcrawler, too, but this is the thing with the last book. Like, he's in it. But they, I think, sometimes they forget that he's there because, like, a of, there's a lot
2: of characters. Uh,
1: there are, to be fair, there are a lot of characters, but there. Plus, this is
2: something that the X Men dealt with for years. His power breaks a lot of scenarios that you're in.
1: I know, but they were talking when they were talking about people who were on their team who were magical. They mentioned Nightcrawler, but they don't show. him.
2: Well, he's not magic.
1: Well, he's not. I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. I mean, he's. I tec- thought they said that. I thought they mentioned him. Maybe t- he's I don't technically right that like wrong. the
2: child. Of a demon, but that's later continuity.
1: Okay. But
2: anyway. All right. But he's got some great. There's a great thing where he's teleporting all around. And so that's causing problems for the, you know, the heroes are fighting each other. But Rachel can use her telepathy to, like, stop him because she knows where he's going because she can read his mind. Uh, And then, you know, while now the X-Men are restrained by Loki.
1: Oh, that was uh, great.
2: Nightcrawler teleports free. Loki, read the Marvel handbook. And then he jumps over uh, to Rogue and, you know, (laughs) can't we just get all the X-Men have one finger on their gloves that comes off? Yeah, right. (laughs) Because otherwise, a lot of kissing going on. But maybe that's good for the the sexual tension in the book. Mm -hmm. But jumps over to Rogue and kisses her. And while he kisses her, his tail is wrapped around Cyclops' face. Yeah. So when she and I didn't know you could do this, but when she absorbs uh, his powers, she gets Cyclopses too. So yes. now she's like a blue furry laser shooting fool. Oh, <laughs> That's pretty. It's pretty cool.
1: It's awesome. <laughs> um, but back to the New um, Mutants. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Rain Sinclair, um, like crawler, Nightcrawler, um, you know, uh, chastised in her youth for her abilities. Um, she is. She yeah, rough. Yeah, she is Scottish, mm-hmm. um, but from the Catholic part of Scotland, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and so she was raised in the church, um, taught that she was like a demon, and so she's very sexually repressed. She sort of kind of hates what she is and is always sort of confronted with if she ever actually enjoys, you know, being able to turn into. And her she's got like a, her transformer power is she can become like a actual wolf, a kind of wolf Person.
1: girl yeah.
2: slash, you know, with like the, you know, dog legs. Or she can just become a furry's dream and just be like a girl that's a furry girl. <laughs> And yeah. then I'm sure in this. Oh, it does kind of happen in this. I'm sure in certain times she can also Hulk out into like a big werewolf type thing too.
1: Yeah, I bet she could.
2: But yeah, she she likes this guy. He's like the prince of the the werewolves or something I, like that. How
1: how weird is it? I mean, I know it's a story. And he's coming out strong, things. right? Yeah, but that like the she lands where he is you know what i mean it's a well it's a comic book i know if
2: she lands in the desert it's just a dead dog in the desert
1: (laughs) i know i know um but yeah no i think it's cool and he's like really protective of her and he helps like when she first lands there's like a bunch of giants like and they're after her so um, yeah um he helps get rid of them and she really likes him and she really wants to it I I think it's interesting because some of them have had positive experiences here, right? So right. some of them have conflicted feelings on whether or not they want to go home. Yeah. Um so I think that that's really interesting.
2: Um Honestly, oh, you know most what? of them do. Hmm. The the rogue thing is, you know, when she becomes the laser shooting fool is in this thing too because of the X-Men show up later. I forgot about that. But it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah.
2: Um you didn't even, okay, you didn't know that I made a mistake, so forget I said that.
1: What? You made a mistake?
2: The New Mutants spend, yeah, the whole thing where she swaps powers with Cyclops and uh, that's, that's in th- this, that's in the second part, not the first part.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I meant I thought that that's, that's what you meant, sorry. I know,
2: <laughs> we just went over that. Okay. So, yeah, so eventually the new, the new Mutants spend a lot of, this is something else that happens. I love how, I feel like the X would be like, we gotta solve this mystery, And they would fight with Freedom Force or the Hellfire Club or something and, you know, be uh, captured, but then get out and move to the next screen, as it were. Whereas the New Mutants are teenagers, so they're just wandering all over Asgard. (laughs) They're just like, they're constantly leaving places and then arriving other places and being like, oh, Berto, oh, that's good, we found you. I
0: know, right? So they do
2: that for a while. (laughs) Eventually, Eliana gets away from uh, Enchantress, and then we move into the next part of this, where uh, the X-Men are like, all right, well, we got to get involved here. We're, we don't know who these kids are. And so they all uh, saddle up and, and go where they are. Um, this is where Phoenix, or excuse me, Rachel, takes on the Phoenix name. Yep. She'll take on many, many other costumes over the course of her life, but okay. this is her first like acknowledging that she's, um, or at least trying to embrace the fact that she's uh, Phoenix. Yes. Um, she will later inherit the Phoenix Force. She technically has it now, um, but I don't think she knows it. Uh-huh. Uh, and we have a big, uh, big, big, throwdown. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Danny finds out that uh, that, that cool uh, horse riding club that she's a part of <laughs> are the Valkyries.
1: Yeah. And people are scared of her. And because she, she is a Valkyrie. Yes.
2: Yes. And she doesn't understand at first, but later she realizes that she's that now taken on some of the abilities of the Valkyries. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the ability to um, her illusion power is now tapped into like she can see when people are going to die.
1: Yeah. And she
2: sees um, a skull over Wolverine. And she's like, that's that's weird.
1: Right. That's bad. That yeah. seems like that's not a good thing. Um, uh, I don't what I was going to say. Well,
2: since the Enchantress uh, is in the penalty box, Loki finally shows up. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to pull off this plan with Storm. Uh, he intervenes directly with the X-Men. Um, he uh, basically like gives... Um, he He puts a collar on rain and her boyfriend, yeah, <laughs> and the collar is like you know unbreakable by any uh any normal weapon or something like right. that, so they're his like hounds now, he loves hounds,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: and he starts fighting the x men and they're like you, you you made a promise you you can't fight us and he's like. Well, you're like a public nuisance at this point, right? Uh-huh. Like you're 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 hurting people in Asgard, so it's not. I'm just fulfilling my role as right. like Asgard's protector, right? He so can always
0: find a loophole. It's
2: very lawyery, yeah. yeah. And he captures the X Men, but they get free with the help of um, uh, is it um, Doug? Doug was given a no, no. It's or is it Sam? They're all blonde. I can't tell the difference.
1: Uh, uh, Sam. Sam Sam. gets... Etri gives Sam
2: a breastplate of invulnerability and and a a sword sword. that... (laughs) Thanks for the sword. It can't cut... It can cut anything, but it can't cut people or something like that? Nothing
1: that's alive.
2: Nothing that's alive, right. But he sort of... I guess
1: it can't cut a plant either.
2: Yeah, so he just... Right, yeah. So
1: it's just like, I okay. can't give you flowers because my sword won't cut uh...
2: them. Are make a cheese? Any cheese at all? But Rain attacks him and he tries to hit her with the flat of the sword uh, to sort of knock her out, uh, but his uh, sword cuts the collar that can't yep. be cut. And so she's free. Uh, Warlock and Doug show up on the USS Enterprise. <laughs> There's a lot of references in this. Yeah. Including the Popeye one because they yeah. show up on the Enterprise. Um at one point... Uh, oh, I
1: didn't realize that's what that was.
2: At one point, the...
1: Um, oh my gosh, how Warlock, did I not see that? Warlock
2: sees Brightwind, who has this big like horse mane, and he's like, is it Pokey? And then he turns into Gumby. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. I didn't realize why he turned into Gumby. Now that makes sense. Okay. Yeah.
2: And so uh, they, we get to this point where Loki is going to present Storm in front of all the gods that are still in Asgard as the new god, goddess of thunder. Mm-hmm. And he basically sicks her on the X-Men. Um, it's looking bad. Wolverine has been bitten by um, something that was poisonous. Snake or something?
1: Uh, it was, hmm. He
2: gets bitten by a poison It was that... some
1: sort of amphibian reptile thing. <laughs> remember dragon I don't know yeah let's say
2: dragon sounds cooler yeah that's how he tells the story right (laughs) whose venom can uh, best even his healing factor and so he's in like full-on samurai mode now he's got to, you know solve this crisis before he uh, passes away and um, he tries to get through to uh, storm who has been convinced that her allies are you know demons in the shapes of her friends
1: yeah, that, and Loki reiterates that as yes. he approaches. And so and eventu- she's like, I will use my hammer to yeah. get rid of that disguise. And it doesn't work because he is Wolverine.
2: Yes. And eventually they get through to her and she throws the hammer back in Loki's face, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying, I'm not going to do this or whatever. And so, yeah, look, mistakes were made. Mm-hmm. There, there was a misunderstanding here. We all We all messed up a little. And so Loki basically says, "Okay, look, if you just leave, you know, I'll turn you all back to normal, yeah, right, but you get to keep your horse for some reason, Danny Moonstar,
1: because the Valkyrie were like, we can't break the bond between the horse and the rider or something like that right,
2: so they just kind of give it to her, yeah, I and, don't
1: know how she's going to explain that she has a Pegasus on earth or not, but whatever. Eh,
2: they live in a school of, yeah. of, of mutants, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. they just I'm sure there's a stables, I'm sure on the there Xavier are. property, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they all get to go home, and at the end of it, Loki's still like, St- Storm's pretty great. <laughs> I know! I, this never really comes to anything, I don't think. It was uh, just too bad, but I like the fact that he's like, yeah, she's. Uh, she's will get, get her number.
1: I know, right?
2: And he takes the fragments of the uh, hammer that he had Etri make for her, and he forges it into a. Um, Storm doll, <sighs> a di- storm doll,
1: <laughs>
2: a, uh, a a cast statue, limited yes, edition yes. to put on a shelf with his comic books. Ugh.
1: Um,
2: did you like this whole thing?
1: I did. Um, I liked it a lot actually. And I thought that the costume, a lot of the costumes in this, were really cool and fun. Um, I um I actually really liked Enchantress's outfit. Yeah, in this. Um it's <laughs> a
2: Norse goddess in a miniskirt
1: yeah i know but it's it, like she she has like those sleeves that were like really big and like the the 80s the kind of like angled floofy like sleeves and stuff like that and like um i don't know i just thought she looked cool I also like i didn't i guess i didn't mention this before but it's in this too. um I liked Kitty Pride's like I know it's basically a lot of the girls' outfits are basically some sort of unitard and yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. But but I, I liked Kitty Pride's um Shadow Cat outfit in this series. I don't think I've actually Yeah, is the only those...
2: one that's like suited up to go. Yeah. Really.
1: I think when I've um a lot of the time when I when I've read X Men in the past, like Kitty's been in like a more traditional like, X-Men outfit, I feel like.
2: They're trying to kind of... This is, like, um, post her, you know... (laughs) Post her throwing the N-word around. Uh, What? (laughs) To make a point. uh, You know, her fiery sort of... uh, She's still probably, you know, 16 or 17 at this point, but Mm -hmm. she's trying to act older. She's been through a lot. Yeah, She's been possessed by the uh, samurai demon, and she's... um, I don't think she's had shield training at this point, but she's collecting all these uh, these skills, and you know she's going to be a super mutant. So
1: yes, that did means you... leather
2: jacket and scarf. Yeah,
1: I, apparently. Um, what did they keep calling Sunspot? Like they kept saying he was like Shadow Skin or something like that, and it was oh like, yeah.
2: Well, all the, the so like, so it's what? it's it's cool. So a couple things happen in this because it's cool that. The new mutants are ethnically diverse to the point yeah. where they really stand out in Asgard. And I like the fact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe says, Where do you think Hogan comes from? It doesn't matter. Like it's actually no, Hogan does come from the world where everybody's Asian, doesn't he? Because they go to that planet in the beginning yeah, of the dark world. But anyway, so. Anyways, so apparently <laughs> Yeah. So apparently like they're like, Oh, look at this guy. He's a he's a dusky Lad or something, and it's like uh, uh, of a hue too uh, sallow for Asgard. It's like, uh. oh great, you just like confirmed Ken and everybody in Asgard's white.
1: Yeah, which is
2: fantastic. Like, I
1: know, awesome. <laughs> so super great as far as that goes. And then like Loki when he's talking about Storm in the very beginning. You know, he's talking about how beautiful she is, but he says something kinda of disparaging about her skin color. Oh, she's
2: like so beautiful even though her ebon skin is or something
1: yeah. or your dusky skin or something and I'm like
2: Ugh, Yeah jerk. <laughs> hey, we're not supposed to identify with these no, guys. They're I, know, not the <laughs> I know. And
1: and I know that like I like Storm with a Mohawk. I think Storm with a Mohawk's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um at some point, she, she runs the Morlocks. She becomes uh, the queen of the Morlocks or whatever and is in charge of them. That's around I think the Mutant Massacre. I can't remember.
0: Some Morlocks? It all
2: runs together. The Morlocks are, you know, they're the mutants that, they're, they're the ugly mutants. Oh. So they all live, live in the sewer.
1: Oh. Because that's
2: how it works. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, that's not great.
2: Um, I don't know if they do this in X-Men anymore. I don't know what the X-Men are for anymore. And I, don't, I think it's good. Clearly, we have problems societally with racism still. Yes. But, you know, they were created as a metaphor, even back in the Stan and Jack days, for um, racial discrimination. Mm-hmm. And Claremont took and ran with that. And he always, yeah. it happens often in this, um, this trade paperback, mm-hmm. um, characters referencing the fact that, like, oh, you know, I, I could. I wish I could do that, but I'm a mutant, you know, or like, this guy yeah. hates me, but I, you know, I'm here to protect him, like that mm-hmm. sort of thing. They really hit that a lot, and I think that's great, of, even though they're going to Asgard and it doesn't really matter. Well, but I'm, even in Asgard, they're encountering people who are judging them for their skin, literally, instead yeah. of their mutant power. They're like, oh, right. cool, you got wings, but you're a black guy. Right. It's sort of like an inversion.
1: Well, and I think that's interesting, too. Like, Sunspot doesn't seem bothered by people saying this about him and like he seems more okay with that than like he keep he mentions multiple times how like they they're more he feels like they're more accepting of him here than on earth because everybody hates mutants yeah he does not feel comfortable being a mutant on earth like he makes that very clear
2: Berto's got it bad too yeah everybody in the X-Men was like oh I don't get along with my father in the original X-Men, but they amped up all the backstories for well, all it the new like moons.
1: Berto doesn't get along with his father either.
2: No, Berto's father is like a burgeoning supervillain.
1: Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, isn't Hellfire Club, right? Well, he, or yeah, something? he,
2: yeah, he's a you know, a rich Brazilian industrialist who uh, has designs on uh, being a real bad guy. Um, Warlock's father is um, the ruler of his planet, and he's like an evil overlord, and he has to Kill and eat Warlock to survive.
1: I really like Warlock too. Like I know, like, doesn't Warlock show up in the Demon Bear Saga? Like, that, yeah. isn't that the first appearance That's of Warlock? A, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I think we we really get to see more of his character in this, right? Because he's not the antagonist for part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very comedic, and I can appreciate that. You know what I mean? And like, I think that his relationship with Doug is really sweet Mm -hmm. um and it's obvious that they like really care for each other Mm -hmm. and um i i think it was really touching when doug was like uh you know i've looked everywhere i can't find anything that's organic in the city he's like could you without killing me or making me a technical life form could you get some energy off of me yeah
2: um i think that might be where he uh gets the tech moon virus (laughs) I think they oh. recon. I think that later. Oh, Doug finds out that he's got the the Uh-oh. virus. Uh oh. Okay. Too early for an AIDS metaphor,
1: probably. Mm, maybe.
2: But you know, you don't let that go to waste. That's some grist. Mill it up.
1: give <sighs> okay. a wow.
2: favorite new mutant? Is it the guy from Stranger Things?
1: Uh, what? Um. ha <laughs> huh. Who's my favorite new mutant? That's a really good question. Um, hmm. Well, you can. I I'm gonna have to think about it.
2: Sure. Uh. uh <sighs> <laughs> I didn't wow. know it was gonna go this deep.
1: I, I didn't. Uh...
2: I think that. Uh, so Thank I I
1: warlock. I don't know.
2: Okay. I like the new mutants um i think the like initial run on their book is is great Mm -hmm. even though they were now the the young kids um claremont and sukevich like really pushed things like they really did some stuff that was like dark and kind of adult in their book i think that's why a lot of people like them however as a gm (laughs) i hate all these characters they're all Way too powerful, yeah, and, overcharged. And the the box where you write your character's like backstory mm-hmm. is like full, going down the page, flip over on the blank on the back, like well, they're that's all true. really overworked. I think in terms of their uh, backstories, um, I guess it's like again grist for the mill, but which is why I like Rain.
0: I like. I Rain think too.
2: she's, and you know, and that 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 uh, image of her with big eyes and her hand up at her mouth. It's just the, the... If they made a figure of Rain in her human form, it would be that. that yeah. She's doing that all the time. Right, right, right. Uh, and I think she's kind of fallen off. I don't know what's going on with Rain. I, they never really made anything out of her like they did some of the other characters. Like, you know, Birdo's an Avenger now. Um,
1: well, I think magic's really interesting, too. Yeah, right? that's so not... that's one
2: of those characters that if my, if my player came to me with this character, I'd be like, no. That's
1: too much. That's way too much.
2: Yeah. So you've got... You could teleport anywhere. You've got magical powers. You know a million spells, and you get a magic sword that appears with armor like when danger's nearby. Yeah, right. No way. Yeah, I know. What, what supplement did you get this out of? I know, right? Uh, but yeah, I like Rain because I th- yeah her story backstory is a little complicated, but I, it's I think it's clear. Um, I think the things that she worries about are very um, um, fitting for a teenage girl. Yeah. And I don't mean like the ginger snaps, oh, my body's changing, although that's there. Um, having to fight against like the religious oppression that she grew up under. And also, I like her connection to Danny.
1: That's cool. I do like that.
2: What do you think about her connection to Danny?
1: Oh, you think that that's a thing?
2: Well, um, there's a lot of headcanon over basically yeah. the, the X Men ship is an armada.
1: Uh huh. Well, I almost felt like. So before having I wasn't aware of that pre- well I don't know. Um I kind of got from the for the New Mutants movie that maybe they were kind of going in that direction from the trailer. Like you didn't think so? It seemed like maybe they were almost hinting at like maybe Danny and Rain.
2: That would be incredible. Okay. And if they pulled the trigger on that, great, but no. Danny's going to end so? up with the kid from Stranger Things because oh. He's the tall white guy.
1: Yeah, I guess. Um, I'm. I mean, I'm totally fine with it. I think that like the clearly they have like a really strong um, you know connection, and they're able to communicate yeah. with each other mentally, and that's really cool. And <clears throat> and I think that you know they 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 uh, look out for each other, right? Yeah. Um,
2: I, I like, I, something I've always liked about Claremont, you see it some in this, but you see it a lot in the pages of X-Men, is the big fights and the way that he can, Claremont can track a big fight. Mm-hmm. The characters are can think a paragraph in their head as they're getting punched. That's just comics. And the way that the technicalities of their powers can affect other things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you get a thing like, I'm invulnerable when I'm blasting, and yeah. Sam takes out like a whole platoon of trolls. But right before he started blasting, he was stabbed in the back by a troll. Yes, and so he takes them all out. But that technicality of well, you stabbed first. I got you. I got you first. Right, cops right, and right, right. And he goes down. Um, the fact that I, and Danny is latently a telepath. It's kind of how her power works. Because she can read your greatest fear and then yeah, show, and it show it to it you to as you. an illusion but not like a real strong telepath, but she also has a connection to animals, which we didn't talk about all the native American characters in this and how uh, somewhat sensitively portrayed, but she has a connection to animals. Mm-hmm. I guess she can read animals thoughts or whatever. So when rain becomes a wolf, right. then they can which telepathically communicate wherever, you know? So that's just like, I like the limitations that come because you could just give a pow- uh, a character, a power thing. I can do anything. Like Iceman is like, I can, uh, ice, you got ice. I can do ice. But I like the fact that they have powers, but there are limitations within those powers. Rogue is a perfect example. Rogue, you know, can not only incapacitate you, but steal your abilities, but it means that she can never touch anybody ever. Right. Unless she wants to hurt them.
1: Right. I didn't really like um at the very beginning how the, when they're on the beach and Danny creates that monster and doesn't tell them she's kinda of, yeah. <laughs> she's I trying to like, be
2: like the the rough uh you know, could happen at any time.
1: Yeah, right. She's you the Denzel Washington in
2: training day. And you never like, know.
1: <laughs> and it's like what, screw you. You know, we're just trying to have fun on the beach yeah. for for like a day. Well, Give they us don't, a break.
2: They don't have a danger room, so they gotta just do this. I instead. guess. <laughs>
1: Uh, recommend. Yeah, I would definitely recommend
2: Yeah, it. I would too. This is great. I mean, this yeah. is great. Uh, Claremont writing, great Paul Smith, uh, Arthur Adams art. Um, yeah, I have this. We read this digitally, but it's in a box somewhere. I've got it.
1: Yeah. No, it's uh, really good.
2: Yeah. I would definitely suggest that you check this out. And if that movie ever comes out, knock, knock. Yeah. Check that out too. Some more bummer covers of Pink Floyd songs. <laughs> Well, we made a meal out of that one. Yeah, we did. Although there's a lot to talk to, so it's not too surprising. No. Uh, But yeah, uh, looking forward to that movie. If it ever comes out...
1: I know... We'll see. I know. We'll I see. I know. Do you think we'll ever get to see another movie? In the we can move to China for 2020. Yeah, great.
2: Right. <laughs> I think if they'll take us. Yeah, uh, great.
1: Right. I don't know that they'll take us right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it'll be playing in China someday, and uh, so you know, probably before it plays here. But we'll see.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, yeah, we'll see us on social media. Uh, you can find us there at Just Enough Trope on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, what else? Uh, you know, follow us. We got a Discord as well. Yes. Uh, if you want to talk about uh, comic books or Battletoads toads Or <laughs> movies,
1: uh, if they'll ever come out.
2: Yeah, <laughs> whether, whether or not we'll ever see uh, particular movies. Uh, we do all of that on uh, our Discord and also on social media. So check us out there. Also, you can find us on your listening platform of choice, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify or... Give me a what's the new one? that's coming out.
1: Uh, the the new one, the the that's coming out. I don't know yeah. what it's called. Um, music stream. Music stream. What if
2: like <laughs> they're trying to come up with like uh, all the good names are taken. What are we? How are we going to get people on this music streaming platform?
1: Yeah, music stream. Music stream plat. Yeah, well, there you go. Lose the plat. Yeah. Music just, stream. How about how about just the Matrix? Right. You just, you literally, you just, you plug yourself in.
2: For like 10 seconds uh-huh. after the internet became sort of widely spread, or at least among like nerdy guys, we called it the Matrix. I swear to God we did that.
1: Okay. Okay. Sure.
2: Because of like William Gibson novels, not uh-huh. because of the, the movie The Matrix.
1: Right, right, right. Let
2: me drop that. <laughs> I had to, t- I had to convince a millennial the other day that we used to call the internet the net. We did do that.
1: No, I remember that. We surfed the net. Also, there was a movie in the 90s called The Net which is well, anyway, <laughs> Get
2: on whatever your platform of choice is and give us a rating. Give us a high rating. Give us five hammers that aren't Mjolnir. No. So she did not lift Mjolnir. I'm sorry, no, Storm. No. You are not granted the rank of uh, Scardian Master. No. But impressive all the same. Yeah. Uh, and since we can't lift the hammer, give us five stars instead. Mm-hmm. Forged from the heart of a dying star. Yes. Mjolnir was. Whereas Etridas is like, uh, I got some metal land around here somewhere. I, don't I think know, that was right? really a hammer, is, is really good hammer, but doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that is uh, it for us. We're going to wrap it up here tonight. We'll be back in the future to talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host Caliban.
1: I'm your co-host Hanna
2: Keep the geek fires burning.